Hey everybody, welcome to Joyous Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all kinds of music. Let's get to it. Everybody, yeah, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna start telling a story and then I decided I'd just tell it on air instead. Um, so, uh, a little bit not funny, but mostly just a funny experience at the same time. Uh, a couple people at our office were let go last week, Uh-oh. which was an uh, interesting thing. Uh, one of the guys was on my team. Uh oh. And he has a very like distinct voice and stuff. And we have a, a stand up meeting with our team and some of them are in different locations, so we're just over Skype. And this morning I just for no good reason was just like, Hey everybody, how's it going today? Uh just blah 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 and started out like that, which mm. is not that close to his voice, but for people over Skype <laughs> There was like a lot of us are in Franklin and then there's like five or six people in Chicago that were all sitting in one office and they were all just looking at each other like, is, uh, he, is Dexter back? <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> just bla- super confused. And I was like, I'm super sorry. And my boss messaged me. She's like, we were legitimately so confused. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. I thought he got fired. <laughs> Why so, is he in this just, call? See, if you use that voice and I was on the call, I would have thought, oh, Elvis works here now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Oh, man, alive. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty dandy. Kind of tired, but yeah. I'm good. Yeah, See, I had you're so a nice tired. long relaxing weekend. Well, I was on call this weekend, so mm-hmm. it was just kind of a long weekend. I was on call today too, so it was, it's just been a, a long couple of days. But Indeed. I'm off now, and I'm oh, I'm that. probably gonna go home after we record and just like shovel taco meat into my stupid <laughs> face. So that's gonna be fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, Nothing like shoveling <laughs> looking forward to that tasty taco meat. Just straight down my stupid gullet. Tasty, tasty taco meat is what c plus grade meat maybe? oh no not even that no. but i'm not talking about taco bell meat i'm actually talking about like ground beef like that real I seasoned made at my yourself. house yeah. yeah but i think yeah. technically speaking i i remember looking at a list of grade of meats or whatever and taco bell was i think i remember was surprisingly high Compared to what I would have expected, hmm. I think they I probably had a resurgence like in the last few years where they That's were like, guess. "I guess we have to actually care <laughs> about this now because people are paying attention." That's somewhat mm-hmm. like people are asking the wrong questions. There's no question in my mind that at least at some point it was very low grade oh, and horrible. I, probably I'm fairly sure that they've switched that now for exactly the reasons Chad mentioned. Yeah. But oh, people care know. about but this. But if you still are not convinced and do not want to eat Taco Bell meat, uh, here's a fun side note. If you didn't know this, Taco Bell will replace, upon your request, uh, any ground beef or any any meat at all with black beans, and they will yeah. put that in your food instead of the meat. They'll nice. also do that with refried beans. Yeah, uh, yeah my yeah, wife actually does that beans. all the time with their Crunchwraps. She'll mm-hmm. get the beans instead of beef. Oh, crun- yeah. that's smart. I love the Crunchwraps. 
They're super tasty. Because they're crunchy. Um, what about you? You said you were having a chill weekend. I had a very chill weekend. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed myself. Let's see, yesterday my friend, our friend Logan Barnes came over to my house and we made Dope. fried jalapenos. Nice. Uh, out of this very delicious batter. It was just kind of like thrown oh, together like a I'm down so south. I've thing. never made that, but I mean, uh, I've had them. Really they're really good. Delicious. Yeah, and they're really easy. I mean, you get the batter together, you can pretty much make the batter out of whatever you want. Do you, you put want. cheese in Is it like jalapeno popper? Cheese. No cheese. Uh, so it's basically like, I mean, like your flour, your milk, your water, salt and pepper. Why are you taking my it? flour, my milk, my water for your house? Because I don't buy that stuff. Oh, That's fair. I don't okay. do that. That explains where they went. I just go over to other people's house and <laughs> make stuff there. Uh, no, you just cut up some jalapenos and yeah. yeah, try to get like some seeds out of them, but leave some seeds in because it you want that keeps, heat. That, yeah. keeps that heat in there. Mm. And you just fry them up. Yeah, you know, I really like deep fry them, like yeah. in oil. Yeah, deep fry oh. them. I don't know how to do that. Do you need a, like you a deep a, fryer? Like no, cooking no, oil you can do it with a like a, a decently deep pan. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a super deep pan, but just like a half inch of oil, even if it's something thin, like, like jalapenos. Interesting. And, yeah, man, I, I am learning all also sorts great of things for today. Cooking up fried pickles, that same batter. If you like fried pickles, I do like fried pickles. Almost just said an expletive about pickles because I I hate pickles but you know i just recent i just in like the you last you hate pickles i really hate pickles <laughs> actually i i'm not oh, big on man. vinegar so the idea of leaving mm. cucumbers in vinegar for a really long time kind of freaks me out and yeah. i know some jalapenos are pickled <laughs> it's kind of a different thing because like jalapenos actually have a flavor yep that is do. distinct from the vinegar cucumbers don't really have a flavor aside hmm. from the vinegar hmm. that you interesting them in. i think they do but i i respect I mean, your it's opinion it's just such a light flavor also, like our, i don't think it survives the pickling process that's i yeah. that makes sense i can definitely see that anyway my yeah. whole point with saying that was in the last like probably two to three years i've really come around on jalapenos because hmm. for a long time I just didn't like them. I just didn't really like peppers. Texturally, sure. they weren't my thing. Yeah, it's the texture. That was that was always a thing for me mm-hmm. when I was younger. Is just the, I, I like the taste of them, but yeah. I didn't like yeah, the, like, the I, crunchy. I like spicy. I'm fine with that. But most of the things that I had them on, it was like I don't like the way this is crunching in this mm-hmm. weird, like otherwise not crunchy thing. And yeah. I don't, I, it's not a squishy to country. Me. A squishy country. <laughs> country. Uh, crunchy. I don't know. I said country. <laughs> yeah, it's I fine. think you both did. I did Maybe. too. Yeah. What a silly hey, time. I'm with you. Um, but then I started eating this burger at burger republic called the taco truck Ooh. and it is awesome because it's got like a seasoned like taco seasoned beef patty Ooh. with like pepper jack cheese jalapenos tortilla strips guacamole and uh, it's amazing there's it's a, so good it's fairly close to your house chad mm-hmm. um i've only been there one time and in my mind i remember it as like the best burger i ever had and I don't know if I want to have it again, just because it's kind of nice to have a memory of like, that was the best burger I've ever had. Yeah. But um, Blue Cactus is oh, yeah. over towards there. Yeah, that and there place is, is really interesting because it's like Cajun Tex-Mex. Yeah, it was, Ooh. I had a burger there that I would have to look at the menu to remember what it was, but it had it had avocados and mm-hmm. some other stuff on it or something. Um, it was like, yeah, Southwest kind of burger yeah. and was so delicious. Yeah. Um, Probably the, yeah, the best burger I've ever had, as yeah. far as I care. Now, there was a Burger Republic up where me and Murphy used to live, and we would go there all the time. Mm-hmm. And for probably the first, like, I don't know, six months that we were going there pretty frequently, I only got the taco truck yeah. because it's so good. But it really turned me around on jalapenos because when I first started getting it, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like these. And I would pull most of them off but leave a few. Yeah. And I was like, I'm good with it. And now every time I order it, I'm just like, yeah, 
lather on those jalapenos, yeah. and I'll like get jalapenos on other things now. Add a good heat really to anything. Yeah, because uh-huh. yeah. I love that spicy. Like I love putting hot sauce on stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. it's good to have jalapenos while you're listening to music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Is that what this podcast is about? <laughs> it's about jalapenos. They call this me is a jalapeno the king of the segways. Zipper, zipper. Are you friends at all with uh, Will Arnett's character in Arrested Development? Then, uh huh, because he rides a Segway or where? Job. Yeah, that's fair. Wasn't he like a Venezuelan? No, what am I thinking of? I don't know what you're thinking of. I think I'm thinking of Parks and Rec. When no, not Will Arnett. Oh, Good Fred Lord. Armisen. Fred Armisen oh, is who I had in my goodness. head. I think I'm he's so from a fictitious sorry, country in yeah, that. It's a, but it's it's, a, it's, yeah. it's like kind of not really Venezuela, exactly. but kind of Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to jail. <laughs> you you overcook fish? You go to jail. You undercook fish? Interestingly enough. Also to jail. Speaking of Fred Armisen, I was listening to my Discover Weekly playlist nice. today, and I guess this is like related music. I'm, yeah, not, sure, trying to, sure. I'm not trying to like, as get as much as that. anything but else has been. I came across a song, and it, it started playing. I thought it was kind of funky, kind of nice. I had never heard it before, and I looked at the artist, and it was by a band called the Blue Jean Committee, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So I, I was like, maybe they got some more good stuff like this. Clicked on it, and it's a fictitious band. Uh, from Bill Hader and Fred Armisen from the series <laughs> documentary now. Yes, which please. In which they played like a 70s yacht rock band. Fantastic. Oh and uh, I actually like that song. And, and they have a whole like EP on Spotify that they recorded. And it was very, very that silly. That makes me so happy. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love Fred Armisen. Check them out. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I'll go ahead and uh, kick us off real quick with uh, what I've been listening to. Mine, I'm going to say three things because all three of them are bands. way more than three things already. uh, But I'm going to say three more. And then I'm going to keep going with other things moving forward. (laughs) Three things at a time. um, Three songs, or whatever. Uh, Cleaning had a new EP. that uh which also side note i don't know how i feel about new music being eps and not albums because for some reason if the same stretch of time has three eps as would have been one album and like so you know three four song eps come out in two years for example or one album of 12 songs comes out in that same two years i still feel like the album is fuller even though there's Hmm. just as many songs just because I guess the conceptual side of like all this stuff fits together, whereas these are like three separate little ideas, or whatever. I don't know. So that's yeah. just a aside. I think part of it's just like the nature of we are in a streaming music age. Yep. And there's, I think there's a lot more pressure on artists right now to sort of trickle things out yep. instead of waiting five years for an album to come yep. out. There are artists that still do that. More often mm-hmm. have like more bumps than have yeah. one big peak. I think it's and for then, live shows. I think that's a big reason they do it. So yeah, artists yeah, can kind of like trickle out older stuff. stuff that they play in live shows to make room for like, oh, well, we just had this new EP come out. Let's do two songs off of that for mm-hmm. this yep. live show because it's the only way artists are making money anymore. Yeah. And I'm sure it gets boring for them, especially when you haven't put out an album in three or four years or however yeah. long. You don't want to just keep recycling that music. Well, and two, I think, like, I mean, Pliny's never really put out, like, a f- just a full album. His, He's pretty much only ever done, like, EPs and yeah. YouTube videos. The one before this one was, quote-unquote, an album, but it was seven songs, and some yeah. of them were just kind of a little bit longer. So, mm-hmm. like, I still wouldn't have considered it an album. It's kind of just a long... It's right in the middle. Like, if yeah. it were nine songs, yeah. that's an album. Seven or eight is kind of iffy. Six is still kind of iffy. But, mm-hmm. I mean, four to five is definitely an EP. And this is... So, this is four songs. It's uh, the Sunhead EP. 
and it's very it's it's great i mean it's typical plainy in a lot of ways um but has a lot more jazz roots kind of things but in traditional kind of not traditional jazz but you know as in like there's kind of just some slower jazz stuff like mm-hmm. saxophone and piano and all that uh so pulls more from that direction but then also does kind of more metal stuff than even some of oh, his last album does so it it's it kind of goes in both directions fairly strongly um mm. but i mean the metal stuff only insofar as planing is metal in the first place so well, it's not yeah. like gonna be death metal or anything well, it's, sure you know just still progressive metal stuff uh but yeah it's great so check out sunhead ep um the third song on there is real good and yeah otherwise real quick may had a new song come out lately that i w- didn't know they had new stuff coming out and that was very fun it's called five light years and it's really good. I don't know if you guys listen to May really at all, um, but it's it's quite good. And then last but not least, I just noticed today that Silent Planet had another new song. Come no. out. I don't know when their new <laughs> album comes out, but this is their second single from it, theoretically. So I very much enjoyed it. Uh, off the top of my head, I had ri- written down it's something, sleep, something. <laughs> I forgot the name. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been checking out this week. Uh, it's been a good old week of fun new stuff. And yeah. I've been just listening to more Punch Brothers again mm-hmm. still. So jamming on that. Yeah, I'm liking that new record more and more so every time much. I listen to it. I've had um, What a Mess of Things or I just forgot the title. Yeah, uh, I've made a mess of things or whatever that song title is. It's so good. It's been stuck in my head literally all day. Uh, is um, it look at this mess? Just look at this mess? Just look at this mess. You yeah. got it. Mm-hmm. But bing, 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 bing. Yeah, I've been listening to uh, Raylan Baxter's new album. Love is such a pretty thing. Oh, but lately, it's been hard to find. For I can taste it when the wind blows in. Raylan Baxter is a singer-songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, my buddy John recommended that I listen to this album, and I'd never heard of Raylan Baxter. And I, frankly, like when I heard the name, he's like, "Oh, he's got a new one. You should listen to him." Is this like, John from Two Bros Driving? Mm-hmm. Yep, hey, cool. John Sudbury. We talked about Logan. Now we're talking about John. <laughs> yeah, look at us go. Give him both shout-outs. Yeah, all over Bros let it all out. Go listen to Two Bros Driving too if you like podcasts. Uh, yeah, John recommended uh, that I listen to this, and so I put it on, and immediately, like the first track, uh, I didn't. I when I first clicked it on Spotify, I thought I got the wrong thing because it's <laughs> just like it's just a guy, and he goes, "Hey, baby." Hey, baby. I'm like, what is this? And then the song starts, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's just the beginning of the song. But it kind of made me chuckle, because I was like, that's a neat little way to start a song, I guess. Just some guy going, hey, baby. Um, but he's a he's he's a very interesting songwriter. He's kind of, I guess they call it like alternative country. Uh, I don't really get that mm-hmm. impression from this album at all. I went back and listened to some of his earlier stuff, and it's definitely more country folkish. Uh, but this is a straight-on, like, pop rock album hmm. uh in fact it reminded it's it sounds a lot like beatles stuff like it's it's very beatles-esque in the songwriting and just the arrangements of the song like they're they're catchy pop tunes really uh they have a lot of really fun guitar work on them um you were saying something a couple weeks ago parker about the like how you, you don't really like the dry nashville rock sound yep um and i i totally understand what you're talking about this album kind of it, luckily stays away from that because another thing that I thought was like a oh, singer singer songwriter guy from Nashville right. that's probably what we're gonna get and it really does stay away from it. like there's a hmm. lot of like you know 
frilly piano in it and just like layers that don't make it sound so dry and like that's you know nice. just just you know, i guess boring i don't know <laughs> uh if you like that sound then that's great i do too i, I mean i i have nothing against the nashville yeah, i was gonna sound. say i mean like love and jack white it's kind of hard not to <laughs> yeah, you know, right. like some of that at least yeah. <laughs> right so uh-huh. but yeah this album uh it's very good uh the, the first half of the album is just loaded with like I guess radio-friendly hits that are quite enjoyable, but there's a lot of uh, interesting lyrical topics going on. I know we talk about lyrics a lot on the show and how we don't really listen yeah. to them. Uh, they're, they're some of the first things that caught me uh, when it, when I when I was listening to this the first time, and now I've gone through and listened to it at least four or five times, the whole record all the way through, and that's just been in a week. I don't know if you're allowed to listen to a record that many times. I don't times. think you are. Nope. Um, I think I'm legally uh, obligated to pay for it now. <laughs> like you get actual paid money. Um, <laughs> and maybe I will. You know, this might be one that I buy on vinyl because I really do enjoy this record. Yeah. And it's one of the better ones I've heard in 2018 so far. So, uh, yeah, the lyrics talk a lot about like present things going on, like the little bit about the hashtag Me Too movement, and, like gun control and things like that um, in, a, in an almost like sarcastic way, but mature. Like mm-hmm. it's not poking fun at anything, but it's like... Uh, just bringing light to those. I'm curious types of things. the stance that it takes on. I mean, not that we're going to talk about gun control in here or anything, <laughs> just because that's. But just the demographic. Whatever. But yeah, it being like alternative country or whatever, mm-hmm. the kind of the stance that that he takes on gun well, control that's what, that's or whatever. What's like, kind of interesting about it is that yeah. it is classified as this alternative country. But right. I guess if I had to say, it's more hipster country than anything it's okay. like it's like with the young hip so kind kids of toes the line to. maybe a little bit yeah and, well he's got a song it's called 79 shiny revolvers on this album and its main point is like well let's just buy everybody guns because everyone's talking about <laughs> gun control what we, what we should do let's just all have guns and then we'll just kill each other as we please and then we'll see what happens so it's got like this kind of sarcastic tone yeah. to it but it's like let's all just have our own guns and just buy everybody a gun. And again, not to be political, but I th- I think it's funny when people give that as as the legitimate solution or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. So the Wild West happened, yeah. <laughs> and it was lots great. of people died. <laughs> so like maybe died. come up with something a little bit yeah. a little bit smarter. I don't than really that. like the idea of having to fight my way every time I need to go to Walmart. Yeah, um, I mean it's bad enough as it is. Excuse uh, me. It's... If I could go hang out with Will Smith and Kevin Klein. In the wild, wild west, then uh, you can have all the guns that you want. So, what a great point! Hashtag bring back <laughs> big, wild west. Big uh, robotic spiders and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. what a terrible, terrible movie. Uh, uh, I never saw it, but I saw so much publicity for it when it was coming out. Uh-huh. Like I remember McDonald's toys of it mm-hmm. or something. And yeah, I just toys. yeah, that was like all over, and I was all about that life, but then never actually watched it because I was like I don't know nine or something. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. remember ever seeing that either. Yeah, I've been listening to another uh, Asian band. Yeah, uh, man, this <laughs> seems to be a theme that's like progressively. I'm just getting more and more Asian bands. No, this is yeah, actually moving to Asian. Next yeah, <laughs> see you guys. Or, excuse me, Sayonara. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so I've been. <laughs> I don't need to start that. Um, I, I, I kind of found this bump, uh, band a little while ago, and I sort of got reminded about them today when I was kind of poking through some other stuff. And uh, it's a band called Elephant Gym. any specific song to listen to on the one EP they have on Spotify because they're all just 
like katakana symbols that I don't understand <laughs> or anything. Probably not katakana. Anyway, it's fine. I yeah. I don't know what any of them mean, but it's this little uh, Taiwanese trio, and it's got a guy that plays drums, a guy that plays guitar, and a girl that plays bass. And really, the bass player is kind of the forefront of the band to begin with. Nice. So, like, the drummer and the guitarist just kind of, like, do stuff. And they're kind of a math rock band, but, like, the guitar player doesn't do anything crazy. He mostly just, like, keeps chord structures and, like, plays weird rhythms and stuff like that. And the drummer's good and, like, just solid, really, like, pocket player. But then the bassist just does all these, like, crazy tapping stuff. And then we'll kind mm. of do some vocal... Not, like lyrical vocals but just some like filler kind of you know ethereal like sounds Rose and stuff. Yeah, well it's not that ethereal okay. it's it's like she has a part that she's singing yeah. and it's not just drowned in reverb or mm-hmm. something like that but it's not super complicated either because she's also doing like <laughs> on the bass and so yeah. like she's focused on other things really but it's super cool and it's it's a lot of fun I, they only have one EP on Spotify which is weird because I think they have three actual albums out and you can find a lot more stuff on YouTube mm. if you search for Elephant Gym, Elephant Gym like G Y M, right? Um, but yeah, they've got some live videos like Elephant Gym, like, like Elephant Gym, the short for James. That guy's <laughs> Elephant Gym. He's got elephantitis. Don't ask him about <laughs> oh, it. No. He doesn't want to no. talk about it. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, I watched a live video of them today and it was just, it was super tight. Like they're just really really good at what they're doing and mm. it's it's super cool. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Goes back to my theory that the Japanese or the Asian people <laughs> do everything that we do over here just, just better. A little bit better. <laughs> just, just a, a lot better, cleaner right? and a little better. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just funny. But yeah. Speaking of nothing related to that, let's uh let's talk about <laughs> what we're gonna talk about today. <laughs> Okay, what are we going to talk about today? Ah, so today, um, long story short, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Just the songs specifically that got us into various genres that mm. we that we like listening to. Uh, some of these, I think, are things that there were a couple examples that I didn't actually use because we kind of talked about them before. Yeah. So not going to use those specific ones. So I tried to think of other genres. Um, and it, it's, it was a bit tricky because there's a lot of genres that kind of just led into other ones organically. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I'll be talking about kind of how I got into listening to metal and that kind of stuff or screamo or whatever. But that fairly organically led into the less heavy tooth and nail bands just pretty easily that are just, you know, kind of general rock yeah. or po- post hardcore or something. Um, so then it was kind of figuring like, so I'm not going to say like, here's how I got into metal. And then here's how I got into like stuff like May and punk pop or whatever because mm-hmm. it's just. At, that's, it's just know. kind of looking for like the root issue and this kind of stuff because yeah. that's kind of how I took it too. Like I, I didn't, you know, there were some genres that I listen to now that I, I didn't bring up a specific song about that genre because mm-hmm. it was, it was really honestly something from another genre that got right. me exposed to yeah. something mm-hmm. that then led me to that yep. genre. And that's a really obtuse way of talking <laughs> about something. But I'll just, I'll just share my first yeah, example it. and it'll pretty much perfectly explain what i'm talking about and this is uh so i i listen to a fair amount of chiptune now and that's really been a, a fairly recent development in the last couple of years and really the whole thing kind of started when because I, I had played fez and i talked about the soundtrack for fez when we talked about video game mm-hmm. soundtracks because it's amazing it's so good and it's so listenable and it's just fantastic but there was there was i i talked about on that on that episode a particular song from that game where it was like this level and the music ties into the level and yeah. it was like whoa and i remember that being kind of like the 
moment when I realized how good the soundtrack was. Like, I registered that there was a soundtrack that was there and nice and appropriate, mm-hmm. but that was like, holy cow, this soundtrack is awesome. And so I really knew that song. Yeah. And so one day I was at Seamus's house and we're just kind of doing whatever or whatever. And maybe some other people were over or whatever and we're just kind of <laughs> hanging out. There's a whole bunch uh, of whatever. Just a whole bunch of whatever. I, you know, I can't remember specifics. You put the pieces together. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. We were just touching butts. Each other's butts. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, anyway. Cutting any butts. <laughs> yeah, no, no cutting butts. Uh, but he uh, was like picking the songs or whatever and mm-hmm. just happened to throw on like the song from that level of Fez, yep. uh, which is Sync by Disaster Piece. And I was like, holy cow, this is from fez like i know this song uh-huh. that soundtrack's really cool whenever and he was like yeah and that kind of led me to realize that soundtrack was on spotify yep that's a really long-winded way of saying i then started listening to disaster pieces fez album a lot like yeah. i was listening and to as it all like the time. music as opposed to just, just as in like, the context of the game or right. something like i just really started listening to it mm-hmm. all the time like driving <laughs> in the car and i'm listening to the fez soundtrack uh-huh. and you know just like working on coding homework and i'm listening to the fez soundtrack and all this different stuff and so it i, I brought the song adventure from that soundtrack it's the very first song on the album and it's it's just super good and shows a lot of like what i'm kind of talking about in this. also reminds me of stardew valley oh yeah which makes no, me so 100%, happy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the whole reason i kind of wanted to talk about this mm-hmm. because this inherently is not actually chiptune right uh, like he he himself is not you know utilizing uh these step kind of sequencer programs mm-hmm. to actually like make chiptune he's using sounds that are very reminiscent of chiptune music and that's that is something that he has done before but for this album specifically he was not like trying to make a chiptune album for this game or yeah. whatever but for me this was the first thing that i listened to that was like you know a- other than games that i played growing up that were just and literally that inherently in, yeah inherently yeah. like had no other option but to be chiptune right this is the first thing that used a lot of those sounds and so had a lot of those like familiar kind of textures and synth sample sounds that mm-hmm. sound like chiptune and a lot of and, and chiptune meaning like old microchip like sound processors from old video game consoles yep. just, they just have a specific sound uh, and that kind of led me into listening to a lot more of the like chiptune genre as a whole with like bands mm-hmm. like Anamanaguchi that I've talked about or Starscream or just this like myriad of other artists that actually do, you know, the chiptune thing mm-hmm. that I probably wouldn't have enjoyed as actual music had I not listened to this first. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah, because it's, I mean, because it would just sound like, oh, they're just doing video game music, yeah, which exactly. again, like it'd be a novelty, right? Exactly, and especially you know, listening to a video game soundtrack isn't always the best thing either. Because sometimes some video game soundtracks, they even if they're great, some of them will have just the actual pieces, like full songs from it, which mm-hmm. is great, and then that you can listen to. But then sometimes they'll also have like. Oh, uh, the one-up noise. And then so it'll be like, you know, a three-minute piece or song or whatever. And then like a six-second. 
You're like, <laughs> yeah. that's not helpful to me. Like, I'm not going to just sit back and listen to that. So it's nice having, you know, stuff that's reminiscent of that and is doing interesting things that maybe would be too distracting for your video game, but in the context of actual just music and then can kind of extrapolate on that or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very cool. I'll, um, I'll go ahead and skip into to another one or something that I've got. So, yeah, this topic was a fun one to think about. Uh, this doesn't relate at all to chiptune music. <laughs> this I, I've actually got four examples. I'm probably only going to use three because we typically just do three of things. Uh, so I'm not sure which one I'm going to cut, but I definitely know which two I'm not going to cut. And one of them is for very good reasons. And then the other one is this one. <laughs> so here's this is a, a bit of an outlier because it, it got me into a genre that sort of doesn't exist, and so it ended with literally just this song. Yeah. I feel like where I looked for I looked for more songs like this, and even more songs by this artist just weren't really like it very much. So it was back in the pure volume days, so like two thousand six or so, something like that. The mm, oh no, it was two thousand eight. Okay, so I remember that much at least. And the artist is named oral laura which is whatever and i've looked looked it up again it's spelled a-u-r so like aural like to hear or whatever and it's almost a palindrome but not quite and like that was cool or whatever and it's like experimental jazz kind of stuff and is very odd and so within this one song switches between like nine or ten different things goes to like and she's definitely a jazz singer it's kind of Mm avant-garde stuff Hmm. and to be frank like i guess i don't know if i found more stuff like it now it's been enough time that i don't know if i'd go back and listen to it yeah Um, but this one song at least was one i actually had to i tried looking this song up online didn't find it literally anywhere online like she or her band or whatever stopped doing things apparently but i just (laughs) it was a free download on from existence yeah seriously it was a free download on pure volume back in the day so i had it just on my hard drive hanging around so (laughs) that was helpful um but yeah here's just a clip from uh the c and she um by her The two are decidedly odd and charmed company. But below a blue moon, in the heart of a storm, when the troubled waves tremble and night winds assemble, in ghostly forms, the sea will raise his stately neck and he'll sigh and mournful. Man, that had quite the shift was, there in the middle. Was, <laughs> there are met several of those, and some of them are a little smoother than others. Well. <laughs> but again, with the like, if it stayed to any one of those genre type things, then it, it wouldn't be, I guess, ex- quote unquote, experimental mm-hmm. in some That's ways. Fair. Um, and so there's aspects of that that I think now, like listening to St. Vincent, I, I like that a little bit more than I might have otherwise. Hmm. Um, so this one's a bit of an outlier, I guess, for this actual conversation. So I technically shouldn't have chosen it, but whatever. No, I, just, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. I think any any stuff like that, like 
it kind of broadens your horizons a little bit and just makes it easier to listen to stuff that's a little less weird. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like really, it's a, it's a funny thing to say, but it's like if no, you can listen true. to something really weird and enjoy it for long enough, eventually you'll listen to something else that somebody's like, oh, I like this super weird band and you listen to it and you're like, no, that's that's really <laughs> not that weird. Like I like this yeah. and it's not that I used weird. to feel that way about a couple of bands that I listened to like or, or that I just started to get into because mm-hmm. people were people were trying to i don't know i guess when i was in college and a little post-college the the game was to find the weirdest music that you could so you could be like cooler than everyone else because finding like more niche stuff was cool um i don't i definitely don't feel that way anymore i don't think just because something is out there and bizarre and like takes a million left turns in each song yeah makes it good hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I mean, not to argue, not to say that, like that's it's not it doesn't take talent to do that because it does. It, yeah. it takes a certain amount of coordination. I mean, it can and, it doesn't always. Right, it doesn't <laughs> that's, always. That's true. But, yeah, and that's something that always or that that still bugs me is is you know people just on the hunt for like the next weird thing. It's like or the next weird genre mm-hmm. that has like two bands in it. They're actually doing something, and yeah, I don't know, like. Five years ago, I would have said Chiptune was one of those things. It's like, oh, it's just people making video game music. <laughs> and now I can understand that. So I, I just, I yeah. wonder how I'm going to feel in five more years looking mm-hmm. at something like this and thinking like, okay, well, that's avant-garde, but like, it's actually very smart because they're doing this and this. Sure. Yeah. Where, whereas like right now I would lean more towards, yeah, okay. I mean, just because <laughs> you do a bunch of like different things in your song and throw a bunch of instruments in there doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. I, and I, like, I, sorry, go ahead. I, I just think it's like. I, I totally understand what you're saying about like there are a lot of people out there who just want to find the weirdest crap they can and act like they like it or yeah. listen to it long enough that eventually they kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Right. But for me at this point in my life, it's like, I you know, I don't hate anything about that. The change was abrupt. Right. And, but I mean, other than that, it was fine. Some of the like tonality is weird, whatever. I can talk about it. But at the end of the day, like if I just don't like something, I'm I'm not gonna like keep listening to it right. and be like oh look at this band that I like that I like <laughs> we're trump too it old out. to do that yeah no yeah. well and to an extent like I just don't care anymore like yeah. I, I like the music that I like and if there's music that I want to get into I will put in the effort to do that yeah but it has to have some attraction to me for me to like want to get into it stuff like that like. Uh-huh. I, I mean, like, cool, I guess. It doesn't hold anything that makes me, like, want to keep going in that direction right. though, necessarily. No, that's so... And honestly, like, with that one, too, again, <laughs> even other songs by the same artist, which I, there are only uh, seven, I think, that I have mm. on my uh, on my hard drive. Mm. So, and none of those other six songs did I even really appreciate or like or whatever, and I don't remember why. It's been 10-plus years since I've heard it in the first place. Um this song has been maybe like five years since I've heard it. I feel like I went back at some point and was like, let me check that out again. <laughs> and it was kind of like, yeah, that's still kind of weird. Um, <laughs> and I think with that, with this song, part of it is that like a lot of the individual elements are, are good. And like, I enjoy the sections that happen, but it's just like, there's really no, you could have taken any one of those made a full song kind right. of extrapolating on that instead of pigeonholing or like shoehorning that. That's that one. Shoehorning is the word. Shoehorning <laughs> in, you know, 10 different things in one song that don't necessarily fit. Um, so that's, you know, there's some of that, but I think your point too, of it kind of expanding horizons or whatever, like, I think that's a valid point. Um, yeah, and there's other stuff that I feel like I appreciate more because I probably listen to that. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I was gonna 
I don't know. I had another thought, but I don't remember it. So that's okay. <laughs> well, I think there are bands that can pull that off very well, uh, making a lot of left turns and doing a lot of different things and incorporating a lot of different elements into one song. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I think of artists like Joanna Newsom, yeah. uh, she's a brilliant artist. She's a genius at doing that. She'll write a 12-minute song and completely take you on a journey. Mm-hmm. But even now, when I listen to her music, sometimes I think, well, when we're when we start at point A and we end up at point B, I'm like, wait, how did we get here? Yeah. Like, wait, wait, what, what changed? And I'm listening to the song thoroughly uh-huh. the whole way through, and I might notice like a little bit of difference here, but then like you go from like the first minute to the twelfth minute, and it's a completely different thing. Right. But not once in that song did I go, oh, that's not. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know about that uh, because it never felt shoehorned. It never mm-hmm. felt like it was forced. Yep. Um, yeah, there's something to be said for transitions as opposed to just like left turns. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Because you can get to it. Very, I mean, I mean, I guess you can yeah. do a left turn as a thing on purpose, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's not to say that it's not still abrupt. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. like fair enough. If you yeah. want to be abrupt for the sake of it, you can do anything for the sake of it. But totally. Again, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean it's you know going to be quality and enjoyed by everybody or yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm not going to pretend if I like it whether <laughs> or not. But yeah, yeah and you yeah. know, I might. And there's there's just different levels to everything, and and everybody's going to have a slightly different kind mm-hmm. of take on on how they value that kind. I of I remember stuff. what I was going to say before too. Yeah, it's like there's other artists like this that. There will be one song that I like by them, and and then the other ones just don't quite hit because maybe they're doing something weird. Or I mean, we talked about that with some bands, Matt, that you were listening to, where you liked some song of theirs, and then the rest you're like, eh, whatever, not that mm-hmm. great. But um, uh, The Listener, for example, is one that I really respect all this stuff that, do you know, Matt, do you know who The Listener is? Mm-mm. Okay. So, or Chad, I don't... I, assume you might just from context i, I probably do he does like I spoken word remember. stuff he's on a uh he, he does some stuff with um the the chariot a little yeah, bit yeah yeah, yeah. Um, he's not levi on, the poet is he no, no. he's not levi that's separate yeah. yeah but very similar so but like spoken word poetry kind of stuff but over music hmm. um in in the band context he's not the guy who's like hey 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 okay yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm tracking with you i know who you're talking yep. about now um, <laughs> and uh, david lahaz is the song by uh by the chariot i think that he's in but yeah so there's one song of theirs that like really gets me and is so good and his writing is great like his lyrics or poems or whatever are really great on all the songs but this one song is very like ambient kind of post rocky type music and so when he's talking, it feels more like uh, just background music. It, it's, it sort of feels like in a movie where they're setting the scene for somebody saying something monumental or whatever. That's what it feels like. And then other mm. songs are like, not quite like that, yeah. but that kind of a thing where it's like, you shouldn't be saying like slow, <laughs> intricate poetry yeah. over something that's like kind of upbeat or whatever. It just doesn't quite hit the same chord. So I think this song had some of that too, where it's like, there's just not a lot of other things that were quite like this that hit me in the same way that, mm-hmm. that felt like it made sense, even if it was weird. Um, so yeah, I'll stop talking about this so we can keep moving along and hear what Matt's got to say about his songs that got him into some genres. I went a lot more broad than you guys. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I, I honestly, I've reached a point in my life where Finding those niche genres does not appeal to me anymore. If I find a song that's like, I don't know, uh, hip hop, 
Uh, hick hop, hick hop. Uh, <laughs> okay, like uh, going hard at the Hardys. Oh, if my I find goodness. a song like that, then I'll I'll be all over it and I'll Go listen to it for days, uh, like I did with uh, going hard at the Hardys. Um, Ooh, by did you listen to that for days? Shout Wait, out to my boy Big out, Yeah, of course. Side I did. out. Side note, real quick. If you are one of the people out, who's note. listening to this podcast, that for some reason. That episode got like ten way times more, more plays than all of our other ones, <laughs> and I have zero clue. Except for maybe people were searching "Going Hard" at the Hardys because like that was search traffic, just like yeah. what in the world even is that song, and just happened to find our podcast. So if you're one of the people that's still listening only because of that episode, please email us. I just want to understand the process <laughs> that just happened. need to know. It's just very funny. Um, but yeah, that's uh, super off track. But go on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Hiccup. Check it out. Shout out to my boy, Big Wet. <laughs> if uh, that song is actually the Heart at the Hardies is a cover of another one of his songs. Yep. yep. Uh, I don't know if we talked about that before. But I don't know if we talked about it. I think we figured did, it out yeah. afterwards, but I don't know if it came back up on yeah, the show maybe. or not. I don't know. Um, so uh, for my first pick, I went jazz. I mean, just jazz in general. Nice. I try to think of like like definitive moments in my life where I heard a song and I was like, I want more of this genre. Yep. And I don't think I've ever had that with a small like subgenre, if that makes sense. Like I've heard songs in many, many, many different types of music, but I don't, there's it's hard for me to like pinpoint. Okay, I really st- started liking Japanese surf rock when I heard <laughs> this song. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Do I, you think I, because stuff kind of transitioned into that as yeah, well? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. and that's that's I've got kind a lot of, of that too. So I totally get that. <laughs> like so, yeah. I mean, I like most people start with one big genre. You know, you kind of just slowly get into that, and then you find subsets of that genre. Yeah. Like now, I listen to all kinds of jazz. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, whatever there is out there. I'm, bebop, I'm open double to bebop, it. triple bebop, <laughs> the whole love that quadruple bebop. Double bebop. <laughs> uh, quintuple it, bebop. <laughs> you got there. <laughs> yeah, every song is in. 54. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. So that was 50 <laughs> over four. Over four. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, okay. Not 54, just the number. <laughs> no, just, this song is in 54. 54 times. 54 what? Uh, <laughs> uh, pineapples, I don't know. And probably snorkels. Chicken. Miles Davis yeah. is the artist that got me into jazz. Thanks. I Classic. played in jazz band in high school, and I'll tell you what, he. I, I don't think I've ever, like, divulged this information before miles davis was the only artist i ever cared to listen to because i hated jazz like when i was playing drums in jazz band yep. i was not interested in jazz i only played drums because they were the drums what yeah. aspect just out of curiosity what aspect of other jazz music besides miles davis was it that you didn't enjoy uh i didn't enjoy the instruments primarily i mean oh, okay. grant i mean you guys know my background i liked heavy classic rock i like yeah. black Sabbath and Led zeppelin and just my feeble 16 year old mind was not <laughs> in the space where jazz was cool like i know it was super cool and it, it is super cool please listen to jazz if you don't <laughs> it's the greatest genre out there in my opinion i think it's awesome jazz is wonderful it's a whole another world of music but I didn't think that when I was 16, so I wasn't interested. And we played songs. Like, jazz band was really my first introduction to other, you know, composers besides right. Miles Davis. So I got, like, we, we played songs by, like, Duke Ellington mm-hmm. and a little bit of John Coltrane. But I didn't even oh, care for John Coltrane oh, then. because he's so good. I, like, I love the sound of the saxophone, but I didn't like it in big bands. And I didn't right. like, I mean, like, I knew John Coltrane. And I always respected it. I respected those artists mm-hmm. for what they did. 
but I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college that I first listened to Kind of Blue, and <laughs> it literally, like, it blew my it mind. Kind of blew you away. <laughs> kind of blew me away. Uh, so I chose to play the opening, a little bit of the opening track. So what? Off that I'm album. so glad. I was really so hoping good. that's what it was. <laughs> yep. Because I was gonna say, like, this is kind of what got me interested in a lot of jazz too. Yep, it's classic. I mean, I don't know what I can say that hasn't been said about this album or this this song or this artist in general. Miles Davis is transcendent. Uh, this song in particular, it's the opening track off the album, kind of blue, and it's just the the production value, the composition. Every single musician on there is just giving his and her all. That it, it's just it's it's incredible. Mm. It's incredible the, the way that this music just flows so well as a cohesive piece, um, and it's a great introduction into the genre as a whole. I mean, you listen to this album, and I guarantee you, you will want to dig for more. Um, yeah, this song in particular, like Chad mm. was talking about, um, it's really good for understanding a little more about like chord progressions and modulation, uh-huh. and the fact that this song doesn't stay in one key the whole mm-hmm. time, even though it's not so in your face that you're like uh that's not appealing mm-hmm. and it doesn't do it for very long it, right. it'll go up for like one one or two passes through the mm-hmm. chord progression and then just go back yeah. to the way yep. it was before and it's it's uh there's not uh, like a lot of jazz pieces use modes and stuff mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. one uses it but the like main it's melody dorian, isn't it? yeah it's in dorian and the main melody uses dorian mode very like colloquially i feel I, like yeah, where it's, it's like just it like, starts on a d minor hey, seven but just, then it just goes back down it's just right it's, there like hey don't worry about it like that's all it is it's yeah. nothing too crazy it's so you can just kind of understand it a little bit <laughs> like, yep. and there's songs like that and like the peanuts theme song is in mixolydian or whatever mm-hmm. and you know just some of those just easy things to understand Music doesn't sound necessarily weird just because it's in other modes and nope. like yeah. they're and it's accessible. It's not a scary thing. It can be yeah. very accessible, and, yeah. and you probably know things already that are in modes, and you just don't really realize yeah. it, or really any kind of like tonality sort mm-hmm. of thing like that. And this was this was one of those albums for me that I really started to understand that, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, this isn't this isn't a typical pop song. This mm-hmm. isn't you know like in in any sort of I guess key or mode that I'm used to. But mm-hmm. it's easy. It's yeah. easy to listen yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's challenging. really smooth. It's just nice. Yeah. I guess a quick aside for if you don't know what a mode is and you care to know, you'll get more information by looking it up. But a quick synopsis <laughs> <laughs> is essentially like so: any scale you know is technically is a mode. So the major scale and minor scale are the Ionian and Aeolian mode are are like the fancy names for it. Yeah. But then <laughs> other modes are just like instead of no 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 no, it'll be like no 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 no. So that last note's just a little bit different, and that's Mixolydian. Mm-hmm. And so it's specifically, you know, a, a scale with these sets of intervals between it. So it's, you know, when all the notes that you're playing, instead of playing the, you know, regular ones that you would in a major key, every time you play an F in, like, G uh, Mixolydian, instead of playing an F sharp, which is normally what you play, 
you'd every time you'd play it as just an F natural, which is just a little bit different, but enough to kind of like make it stand out and yeah. be its, its it, own thing. You can kind of think about it as like you take your major scale and you play all the same notes, but you start on a different note and you go up to that same note. So mm-hmm. take your C major scale, start on a D and play the C scale up to the next D mm-hmm. and you've got D Dorian. Mm-hmm. Start on an E and go up to the next E, still playing the C scale. You got E Phrygian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could keep going. I don't really need to. Yeah. It's fine. I do know my modes. That's not why I'm stopping. You take a person and you paint a picture of them and you've got Dorian Gray. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, uh, or I, you I, take I, a doctor from a TV sitcom mm-hmm. and maybe he's John Dorian. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, that's JD from oh, Scrubs. Oh, okay. See, yeah. I'm not up on my Scrubs knowledge. Scrubs oh, is great. Scrubs. Uh, I did want to say I still yeah. am kind of out on big band jazz. I'm just not a huge fan of it. I can't do a lot of like crooner jazz or anything sure. like that, like Frank Sinatra and bite a big one. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like I, I just or he can just sing to other people. You or know, you, whatever. You know, just do other things. I, you just not sing to me, please. But man, like <laughs> don't like, worry, he won't. He's, 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 he's not going to sing to anybody super anymore. Super <laughs> dead. Um, no, but I, I really do like hey, this kind of stuff. Or you know, a lot of like John Coltrane's work with like small trios and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I can get down on that so so hard, yeah, because Another, it's so much more interesting to me than yeah. like big band like swing stuff. It's very intimate yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. It is like jazz quartets, jazz uh-huh. trios, or you know, even a jazz quintet is. I mean, which is most of what this album was. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, maybe John Coltrane's on so that much one more. Too. If yeah. anybody really likes uh, like interesting piano jazz, there's uh, Michelle Camilo. <laughs> it, it's super good. It's also it's I think just three guys it's drummer pianist and uh upright bassist i Mm. think and it's really really good uh the album specifically is spirit of the moment i think uh the drummer's really amazing but yeah songs are all just really good and it's just that same kind of little combo group Mm kind of thing ah man yeah killer yeah man yep um all before we go into our break i'm gonna go ahead and do a quick one just because whatever um I'll, I'll leave two other ones that have more specific stories with them for after the break so i'm gonna end up doing all four but i'll just do it fast um this one long story short is i got into like instrumental guitar stuff specifically uh like acoustic you know andy mckee mm-hmm. variety of things but this was before i had heard of andy mckee this is actually after i realized just now uh after i'd heard of don ross and listened to him a little bit um, and so I'd already gotten into that some, but it still like wasn't quite going down that direction. And it seemed very, as far as me playing it, it seemed like really far off and like I couldn't, you know, reach that or play any of that kind of stuff, which is still true for a lot of it. But, um, but a friend of mine, uh, well, a guy that was going to a school or near us, like a college kind of thing or gap year program or something was saying, Hey, uh, my friend, uh, Trevor Hall has this out this CD and you might like it. And so he gave it to me and it's portraits of imagination and it's Trevor Gordon Hall, who is now on candy rat records and all them. And he does, he's, uh, specializes in something he invented called a kalimbatar. So it's like play acoustic guitar, but there's a little thumb piano. Yep. The little thumb piano thing that it's actually tuned as opposed to most of them. Um, It's just like ambiguous notes. (laughs) Yeah. But so one of those is mounted on the body of his acoustic. So he'll play stuff and use that. And it's, it's really, really neat. But, um, 
but this was his first album and you can't really find it anywhere because it was before he was signed or anything he yeah. was just a, a guy that had this album it's you can find it places but not to stream i don't think that i found at least um but yeah the, the album's called portraits of imagination and uh i think i can't remember which song i actually picked off the top of my head which is a mistake but i think it's the journey begins um which is the second song on the album. And this is the only one that I actually ever got around to just learning to play. Uh, and so, but it's the kind of, kind of the thing that got me into listening to it and thinking like, Hey, I could kind of do that. And so it was just a, finger stuff. So. Yeah. It was about a year or so before I saw drifting by Andy McKee, which was really what set that into motion even more so, but this was kind of a precursor to that. So here's a little bit of this song. It's fun. He does. There's some like looping type stuff on the album too, where he'll do, you know, record one pass, record another pass, and like add things to mm-hmm. it. And so a lot of layering and all that kind of stuff. But then some songs like this too, where he's doing playing what sounds like it should be. If you're, if you don't know how like to play guitar stuff, <laughs> sounds like two different parts, but he's actually, you know, that's just yeah. him playing just the one guitar, but it's just kind of tricky. It's um, that stuff's super impressive. Yeah. I had a, I had a buddy when I was still going to tech who invited me and a few different people to like go see. I later learned that it was actually for candy rat guys for mm. non Andy McKee candy rat guys, <laughs> yeah. uh, that were playing at third and Lindsley before they had like nice. the huge stage and all this. So it's like this tiny little corner stage. And these guys get up here and just like wear out these guitars for basically a couple hours. And it, I was so blown away by how good these guys are. A, just like at guitar in general, yeah. but then just as performers, because one of them did like a Michael Jackson cover where he's doing like every single musical part yep. of, I think, Billie Jean, Probably. but also kind of singing some of it and dancing at the same time. And it was the most impressive thing that I've seen in a long time. That kind of thing. Yeah. They're after, so again, a little bit later in life, I, uh, in high school at some point, I recorded a couple of instrumental guitar type songs and it was like, a pride and joy moment that I still remember to this day when a friend of mine, after I'd played him this one song of mine that I play, I just played him the recording of it. Um, and a couple weeks later he came back to me and he was like, Hey, I, I think I've figured out a kind of a way that you can almost even, that I can kind of even play both of those parts at the same time. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that, that's what I was doing. I was playing oh, both yeah. at the same time. And he was like, really? man (laughs) and and like the way he'd figured it out like still wasn't quite as um and really if he just looked at how i was playing it it's not that complicated at all but i I was just so proud of myself that like yeah i did a thing that sounds like it's two guitar parts and that was exactly the intention Mm -hmm. was sounds like two things playing at set you know that are layered on top of each other but really it's just me using my hands as best as i possibly (laughs) can um but yeah so that's that's kind of what got me into that but you guys want to take a break now let's take a break and then we're gonna have a game oh no Oh yeah, it's gonna be a game, and then uh, that Matt's gonna lead, and then we'll talk a little bit more about these, and then also uh, we'll have a quick chat about something that's coming up on Saturday that that could be fun. Mm-hmm. So, wow! Super <laughs> 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 
so good. Um, yeah, that's going to be good to come back, back everybody. To. Hey, everybody. Um, on Saturday, <laughs> Matt told me about a thing that he and Logan and their wives, wives, is he married? Uh, no. Oh. Oh. He, he ain't married. Oh, so you, your wife, Logan, and mm-hmm. somebody else, right? Uh, or is it just it's Logan? just us three, oh. definitively, as of right now. I don't know why. I thought you said um, Logan there, and blah, but blah, there, blah. There may be some other folks coming along. But nevertheless, are going. they're going to, well, you can tell them about it. Yeah, there's uh, so the basement east in Nashville is doing an emo karaoke night. Oh yeah, they do that frequently, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, with the live emo bands, mm-hmm. I think they're just called the emo bands. I think they are. Um, and they have like a running list of a couple hundred songs, I'd say. That uh, basically the way it works is you go and you pay a ticket price, and you can sign up for whatever song you want to do, and go on stage and sing it mm-hmm. with the live emo bands. So we're gonna go check that out. It's yeah, Logan's birthday celebration thing. So let's not talk about it today. Yeah. But, so my wife and I may or may not join. I I would I would like to. We will see what happens. But but we'll have hopefully some stories from that to report yeah. back next week. Yeah, um, my my wife's old roommate has gone to that a couple of times. Nice. So, so Chad, if you would be interested in in tagging along, I don't know. Again, it's for Logan's birthday, so I don't know if more people would make that less Logan birthday party. But <laughs> if you just wanted to I'm show a up real separately, horrible person <laughs> at birthday parties, I'm also so pretty sure it's an open invitation. So. Cool. Anybody's uh, but that would be that would be a fun, joyous, eclectic uh, outing that's not focused around us. But I just it would so. be fun to hang out with you guys outside of this room. <laughs> Speak for yourselves. When I go out somewhere, it's all about me. So mm-hmm. oh, cool. Well, it should be. I mean, it's your night. Yeah, it's my night. Yeah, so my night. Out, you own the city. tonight is my night, and I'm gonna own it. And this is our time, mm-hmm. our night, country, bros, oh, truck. Our night tonight. What is tonight. that song? That's, tonight. Oh yeah, that's. Every song. All of them. <laughs> That's all the songs. Good. Let's play a game. Let's do it. What do we got? Uh, we're going to play the 3 2 1 game. So three, we. Two, one. First. Oh. <laughs> all right, cool. How does this work? Remind everybody. Uh, yeah, so the way that this game works is I'm going to play both of you guys. Chad and Parker. You're going to play us? Parker and Chad. Yeah, I'm going to play you. I'm nice. playing you right now. You oh, just don't ooh. know it. <laughs> I feel like check your bank accounts. <laughs> Losers. Uh, so after I get done playing Chad and Parker, I'm going to play a game with them. I'm not oh, going nice. to play because I'm hosting. Uh, it. I already know all the answers. You're going to play a game at us more like. Uh-huh. Nah, that's I'm fair. playing a game at them. It's actually a pretty accurate description of uh, this game. The way <laughs> this game works is I'm going to play three seconds of a song and they have to guess what it is and then I'm going to play two seconds of a song and they have to guess what that is and then I'm going to play one second of a song oh boy. and then I guess what that is and then I'm going to play half a second of a song and I'm really curious to see if you guys will get it um, see every time that I prep one of these things I'm like cutting down the songs so I obviously know what they are and so from my point of view everything that I pick feels so easy yeah. Yeah. and I'm like well they're definitely going to get this and that's, that's totally how I felt this week I was sitting so in the car with, with my friend Mitch when uh, and he was listening to our episode where we did it in the Michael Jackson song and uh, whichever uh, uh, song that was and are you okay yeah Smooth Criminal Smooth yeah. Criminal came on and he was like oh Smooth Criminal Michael Jackson immediately on that yeah. noise <laughs> yeah. like, thing is, some people, yeah. for some people it's so easy yeah and then he showed and then I listened to the actual song and I was like oh man that's exactly from that like I thought it was a weird bit from that but no I mean it's that's straight up from there I just have not listened part. to that song yeah. apparently yeah no not in, familiar with so, very much Michael Jackson uh, again I went with super recognizable songs I mean these are like songs that were number one hits and I mean they're from a couple different decades yep. I mean there's no particular like genre or anything like that but they are all huge hit songs that i think you guys know um they are from and these these ones are from any point in the song 
Uh, cool. It's not oh, the beginnings man. or anything like that. So, which uh, maybe will be helpful. I mean, depending on the song. Yeah, it's it's just uh, yeah. Depending, depending on, on the how song. gracious you were, yeah. I, know, <laughs> if, I know for a fact it would have been way too easy if I gave you three seconds of the the beginning part of any song, like any big hit song. Uh, so. Yeah, but I, I did try to make them a little diverse, and I think that some of them might be kind of fun. Uh, and just in case both of you guys lose, yep. which we do need to go over the scores because we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, yeah. But I have a bonus round plan too, but we'll get oh, to wow. that when the time comes. Mm. Uh, so what are the scores? Um, who's in the lead? Well, I feel like I'm probably sitting at a very large, like, I don't know, four fingers just literal like bear fingers mm-hmm. oh yeah bear fingers that's bear fingers. I, bear wow fingers. i'd like forgotten that's where you fingers. were at lat time mm-hmm. lat time lat Chad time got Chad real feisty with that yeah i had to have a war bear phase you know i've got i think i've got two bagels four baguettes oh wow. so nice. four baguettes bagels and baguettes mm. bagels and baguettes just now, two bagels and four I baguettes I absolutely no boots and cats and boots and cats and boots no and not any of them none of them do you have everything bagels or asiago cheese because mm. that uh, excuse you, cinnamon crunch. <laughs> I'm cinnamon sorry. crunch do you, do you is have the any best cinnamon crunch? Panera I, I does, There's no way in the world he has any cinnamon crunch bagels. Okay, I have. I've not earned any cinnamon. You crunch might have bagels. one box of cinnamon toast crunch. The That's, taste you can see. No, see, he has the box of the bagels that has like a couple of the droppings from the the <laughs> cinnamon crunch bagels. The ones in in there. There. Yeah. Mm, that <laughs> crunchy, that crunchy cinnamon sugar <laughs> though that just fell off. An amendment to every everything bagel in the universe get fennel off of wherever you are because that ruins most of the time everything bagels do not have everything have fennel on them like panera is all good to go some other places are all good to go einstein bagels from what i've had has fennel on their everything bagels and that stuff is not good i'm sorry what is fennel fennel it's, seed, it's isn't yeah it? it's a seed and okay. it tastes it has like a strong almost licorice type flavor oh and it really it's not good see i feel like i've had an everything bagel from einstein and i definitely haven't noticed that yeah i mean and maybe it was just the one i went i have no idea Mm -hmm. and i uh i just know i've had that before and i was sad about it interesting the end i mean i haven't been to einstein in a while so i could be totally wrong i think i've only ever been to one and i it was like the middle of the day and i'd already eaten so i just had coffee i think they they make a really good winter blend you know Uh, what else they make a really good one of this game. Yep, they do. Ooh. So now that we know the scores, <laughs> uh-huh. um, let's let's do, do a we, countdown do all together. Yeah, <laughs> we pretty much do. <laughs> we always know the score. Let's uh, let's count down all together. Uh, three, two, one. Let's go. Ah, uh, shoot, I forgot what comes after three. Okay, yeah. uh, the first one is going to be the three second song. Again, could be any point in the song. Could be any song in the whole wide sun world. Sun world. <laughs> so it's up to you to pick. Uh, Easy. Here we go. Got it. Oh. Uh, um, I kind of at first it sounded kind of like Carly Rae Jepsen. Could mm. it? Could it be uh, Katy Perry? Hmm, it could be. It could but it's be. Not. Could but it's it not? But it's not. It's, uh, I I also was kind of thinking Katy Perry. Yeah. Uh, I don't want it. That's a, that's as much as I got. Let's uh-huh. do it one more time. Yeah, do it as many times. Okay, TikTok Kesha. Oh man! Incorrect. Ah, is it Kesha? I was hoping that one of you guys would say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Kesha. Okay, it's okay. not Kesha. I'll mm. throw I'll throw a hint at you. I got a couple okay, of hints. Cool. Uh, this was not a 
top 40 song. Well, let me put it this way. This was not a song that was released with the intention of being a top 40 song by a oh, famous no. musical artist. Oh, no. Is it Friday? It is Friday! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, man. It is Dear Sweet Rebecca Black's Friday. Yes, goodness gracious. I I feel for her. I got deep into the lyrics when I was prepping this, and holy cow. Oh, man. There's a What's... part of the song she said, Yesterday was Thursday. Today is Friday. That poor girl is Saturday. Man, she just Sunday comes after. That's what she said. That's what she said. I feel so bad because, like, a hundred percent, it was the production company that wrote the song and like just wanted a, you know, healthy or a whole. What's what's the word I'm looking for? Just they wanted that healthy whole person. They wanted that they wanted that like yeah. nut that they could sit on but just and like just... A, a nice uh, wholesome that's the word I was looking for like wholesome. a wholesome song for this 13 year old girl to sing and make this bad music video of and the producer get to have a rap solo in the middle which yeah. that, rap solo what, a, what am I saying it's a rap solo um, it is a rap solo you know but also this, like those cool solos <laughs> yeah that was very good I'm very glad you picked that alright Okay, what? number uh, two. Number two, you're going to get two seconds of the song. A question, out of curiosity, did you have any other uh, hints for that one if we hadn't gotten no, it No, I didn't have anything prepared. Okay. I was just going to keep throwing out hints. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. I'll Try to it. make it easier. All right, ready for number two? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's Sweet Home Alabama. That is Sweet hey, Home Alabama. I'm glad Sweet you got Alabama. that. <laughs> yeah. Leinard Skyner. I kind of hate that I knew that so quickly, but <laughs> I I've taken that song a lot, okay? <laughs> get off my back, Dad! <laughs> Uh, I knew that was going to be the easiest one because it's <laughs> very definitive. Yeah, true. Uh, that one's also in Mixolydian. Oh, yeah. true. It's, oh, kind of in, it's kind of in D Mixolydian. Yeah, if you it's it. well, yes and no. I feel like songs that are like in it's kind of like in D, maybe major, maybe minor kind of thing. To where I mean, it, it is in Mixolydian, but in some other ways, it's kind of just like it just goes to C for a little while because it's like. Uh, minor for a second. Nah, we're back to major. <laughs> nah, we back. So like, I'm always yeah. Those kinds of songs, I'm a little bit iffy on. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, I guess you're right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, one second. Here one we go. Second. Let's hear this bad boy. What? What? <laughs> oh. Okay. Just roll that again. <laughs> roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> oh, I am not sure that I know. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> All right, give us a hint. What you want a hint already? No, just play it, play it one more time. You said I'm glad. I thought you wanted to give a hint. Okay, oh, I'll man. give you a hint. This song has a music video. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so that is a guitar. <laughs> With is it a guitar? <laughs> shucks, shucks if I know. <laughs> Oh man, I, I just feel like it's something with like a, a really heavy octave. I don't know, hmm. man. Or maybe that could be a sin. Or maybe that high octave was only in that little bit of that song. That's yeah. That's what I'm kind of guessing. Like, is that the intro? No, that is uh, not the intro. In fact, that is the that is the capitalization of the bridge of that song. Hmm. Hmm. Like bridge with a capital B. Uh huh. All right, let's do it one more time and then get another hint. All right. Man, it does sound familiar, but I don't think that no means on. I know what it is. I know it sounds familiar. <laughs> well, okay, if you had to say, like, oh. what song that would be. Is that melody recurring throughout the song? And, like, yeah, that's the melody line a little for the bit. singing and yes, stuff? Yes, but, of? okay, so that's a good hint. That is a melody that does reoccur throughout the song. However, that was a harmony of the melody, of the, oh. the, 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 the melody that's going on. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Because that it sounds like that sounds familiar, and I, but I still don't know what it is. But maybe, well, I'll say this: it's. I mean, yeah, I guess it's toxic. Kind, it's kind Britney of Spears. Harmony. Got it. <laughs> it's toxic by Britney Spears. Uh, it's a very, 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 very popular <laughs> rock band who has put out uh, ten studio albums. I could um, see it being something like Weezer. Could you? I could see. Could it. you see? I, it? I really kind of thought that could be. Like is is it Beverly Hills? It's or not something? Beverly it's not Hills, Hills, but it's is a it? song that starts with a B. Though. Uh, I don't know much Weezer. I'm not going to lie. You. I don't I, either. I know. That's the problem. Mm. I like kind of had a feeling that it might be because that's why I asked if it was a guitar because like yeah. the Beverly Hills tone kind of sounds like that and sometimes like the the heavy octave fuzz kind of thing. You know, oh, with man. those glasses, you look just like. Billy Holly. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Holly. <laughs> Billy Buddy Holly. Yeah. Sure. I, okay. Yep. Oh, man, live. Yeah, All that's right. the end of the guitar solo. I hate myself in most hey, of these no, games. It's okay. you, got, you got way closer than I did. You got two of these. Okay. Uh, one and a half, at least. So. Yeah. yeah. One and a half is like gracious. Right. Speaking of half, here's a Speaking half second of, of music. <laughs> Here it goes. Crash! <laughs> <laughs> is, <this> like, <laughs> is he saying crush no he's not saying crush oh goodness okay one more crash time. bandicoot crush! Oh, it sounds like he's saying crush uh he's saying something that may not be accepted in certain environments <laughs> oh um, it's not a naughty word but it might be considered taken in vain is it christ uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, oh boy. Is it Rage Against the Machine? It's not. Okay. It's not Rage yeah. Against the Machine. I can see that being. Like I still, that would narrow it down any Lights for me. I don't listen to them at all. So. Radio. Um. Ooh, goodness. One more time. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> he's still <laughs> saying the same what thing. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought I actually gave like a little bit more. I didn't. Oh, oh man. I okay. Let's get let's get a hint. Okay. Uh, up in this mug. This is um. Mm, what's a good hint? <laughs> uh, the lyric here is, Christ, I don't believe in. Okay. Um, Christ, I don't believe in something. Ah, um, jeez. Uh, oh, <laughs> goodness gracious. Wow, this makes for great radio. Uh, <laughs> the, the, middle, the middle of this song uh completely breaks off and there's no more music for a little bit and then you slowly get some um rather unusual uh uh sounds for a little bit before the the song creeps back in and goes into a guitar solo goodness i i'm po- <sighs> like, i'm not sure that i know i don't you think some, it would be like some suicidal bells. tendencies you get some bells jingling bells some bells jingle jingle. jingling Ting ting, sing 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 sing. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Uh, uh, give us something really on the nose. This band <laughs> has a movie about them coming out. Ah, Queen. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I know it's about. Now I know it's a Queen song. It is a Queen song. <laughs> is it about bicycles? Oh, bicycle. It's about bicycles. <laughs> oh my goodness! Really? That's man. Yeah. Where does I... Christ? I don't believe in Peter Pan, Frankenstein, or Superman. Cause all I wanna do is bicycle. Wow. Bicycle. Apparently, oh, I haven't heard that song in a really long time because I, I do not remember no, that yeah. part of it at all. I I think I've heard that. I mean, I know I've listened. I've listened to that song a lot or heard it a lot. I've never actually listened to it myself. I guess. Yeah, I don't think I've ever just like sat down and been like, so you know what I'm going to listen to right maybe now. That's, maybe that's part of my problem there is, yeah, there's a lot of bits of that that I would know, hey but guys. it was more like playing in the background at a 
at an event thing. So that's good to know. I don't even want you guys to worry about it because I got a bonus round plan. Yeah, you do. Bonus round plan. So uh, the bonus round, I got four four <laughs> little bits. Um, they're round. all relatively quick, so you are going to have to uh, be smart and have your wits about you. But I will award 10,000 carats. Wow. What? To what am each, I going to do with all these correct carrots? answers? If you Whoa. get it. Then I will give you ten thousand carrots. What am I going to do with ten thousand carrots? Well, they're in your for point the first stock. time ever. I'm going to hold you accountable to ten thousand carrots. <laughs> I need those carrots. I will have the black market. I got a well, lot of horses carrots. to By feed. carrots, I mean the shredded kind of that already come in the bag. I'll give you ten thousand individual one of those. So that's like three bags. Like baby oh. carrots or like <laughs> no, like shredded carrots. Like shredded like carrots. Like shredded carrots. Like, like, like shredded abs. Carts. Oh, side note: In Zoolander, at one point he says like. It's like, too bad you weren't born with chisel dabs, blah, 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 blah. And when um, he says chiseled abs, for the longest time in my life, I thought he was saying, I've seen the movie easily 20 times, and for the first 17 of those, I thought he was saying chisel dabs. And chisel I was like, dabs. what in the world is a chisel dab? <laughs> like, super confused. And one day I was like, oh, it's just chiseled abs. It's when you, it's when you, you just cut up a little bit of wood. And then you, <laughs> and you dab. <laughs> uh, yep, all the kids are doing it these all days. The kids are doing it. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, these are all pretty short, but I think you're gonna get them. All right, cool. I believe in us. Sounds good. Sort of. Number really. one. Here we go. Some uh, all star. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. That's it. All right, do the second one. Bye. <laughs> You're the All worst. Star. Smash Mouth. Why are you the worst? All Star. Smash Isn't Mouth. that Shrek? <laughs> it's the Shrek song. told me the world is going to roll me. I ain't the last tool really long excerpt. <laughs> why she are you... was looking rather dumb with... Why wow. Why do you do the things that you we do? were about to have? <laughs> 10,000 carrots. 5,000 each. Oh, to me. Uh, what? 5,000 each? You Dude. said 10,000 each. For each one, you said. Each one, you said. Gracious. I'm not made of carrots. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> not uh, with that attitude. Uh, oh, fun. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Were you going to tell us a fun story about carrots? Uh, I think I already <laughs> told it on the podcast. This is the one about vision and carrots and eyesight. Uh huh. Have how I told they, that on the podcast? To help you with your I mean, that was like Ooh. a classic. So yeah, do you know the reason why that's an urban legend? Because uh, probably Big Carrot wanted to sell some carrots. <laughs> big Carrot, uh, Big Carrot, you should buy all my children. Uh. No, so okay, I'll tell it real quick. Whatever. Um, Is Big Carrot a person? <laughs> Apparently, no. It's just a large carrot. It's like uh, it's like Nebuchadnezzar from uh, that Veggie Tales with um, you know Rack Shack and Benny. Rack Shack and Benny. Yep. Uh, I'm Rack. I'm Shack. I'm Benny. All right. So moving along with the carrots the thing, podcast. real fast. Two reasons why people think carrots are good for your eyes. One, number one, ancient Greece. They thought the foods that look like specific body parts were good for that body part. Who and had carrots. eyes like carrots? So if you cut the inner section of if you cut it like across the inside of it kind of looks like an eye you know just like okay but like oh come i on. agree you could apply that to <laughs> so many things so, not specifically about eyes but just right. like vegetables that if you cut them in half they look like other so, things but like it's they like, thought kidney beans were good for your kidneys they thought um uh-oh. 
something was good for, I don't know, just a bunch of stuff. But carrots, they thought the intersection, like if you cut a cross section of it, the inside kind of looks like an eye. So Come that was on, a Greece. thing, but that was very... Noodles for your large intestine. But that's not the reason why why we think it today. The reason why we think it today is in World War One, <laughs> two, one or two, with one of the only two one that exists. <laughs> one of them. Whichever one radar was starting to be invented during, which I'm thinking is one. One. Um, that's one. The Brits had invented radar but didn't want the Germans to understand why they were able to shoot their planes down at night. And it was because they were using radar so they could detect where they were and shoot them and stuff. And so that was great for them. So, and they just didn't want the Germans figuring it out. So on their like public broadcast thing, they mentioned like, oh, it's very important to eat all of your carrots because they've been very good for our eyes and all of our pilots are able to <laughs> see all the fighter pilots of the Germans and shoot them. So It was built on a lie. It was built on, yeah, they were specifically just doing that version. only so that the Germans would just eat a lot of carrots and still be bad at seeing. <laughs> and the, car- the, the Germans pilots. this day are just like really jacked out of their minds because of all the carrots they ate. <laughs> like so much carotene, they all are orange. <laughs> Yep, uh, correct. So yeah, that's uh, my grandma told me that because my grandma's real smart. What um, a smart grandma you got! Yeah, she's great. Uh, but yeah, that's um, that's why people think carrots are good for your eyes, but oh. they're really—I mean, they're I guess good so for. So why you. do people think they're spinach fine. gives you really big forearms? Um, because there was a man named because of Papa. Papaya. Papaya. <laughs> Mr. Papaya. Papaya. Oh, sir, papaya. Uh, hey, you want to get back into what we were talking about before? I guess. probably should. <laughs> yeah, my most notable ones are still yet to come. So okay, cool. Get uh, ready, Chad, you for go. That. I will go. I do will it. do this thing. Um, the song "Bubble Dream" by Chon. Um, so I, I yeah, I did not uh, really listen to that much prog rock or prog metal for that matter until really the last couple years too. And I liked a lot of hardcore in high school and was aware that like prog rock and prog metal and that kind of thing was uh, a thing that existed. But most of it sounded sadding dang cheesy. And it's just sadding dang cheesy. I just didn't think it was very like what cool. Bands for ex- I'm just curious. I mean, like, I knew Dream Theater existed. Oh, yeah. And, like, I hate the vocal style yeah. of all of that that's going on. And, I mean, like, Between the Barrett and Me was there. And I liked some of their stuff all right. But even there, like... They were still a little bit too kind of there's there's an element to a lot of theatrical like, maybe theatrical yep. cheesy uh, jazz music yep. that carries over into prog rock sometimes that I just wasn't big on like I can't really do Rush I'm, I'm or any of the like classic why uh, yes I'm still not super mm, into or anything like that um, like so a lot of the like prog rock stuff just not super into and it wasn't really until I started listening to Chon a whole bunch that I realized that prog rock could be pretty cool, actually. Mm. And and it's just because, like, Chon has a very distinct sound. That's not really, like, any other prog rock, necessarily. So it's not like, I listened to Chon, and then I found this wealth of bands that all sound <laughs> just like... No, but it, it made me a lot more, like, appreciative of the genre as a whole. And from there, I got kind of into, like, Animals as Leaders and, mm-hmm. and, and Trico and some other bands. I know it was bands. the opposite order of that. It's yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny, but, like, that's, you know, how I found... Pliny and stuff like yeah. that and so now there's a ton of like prog rock and prog metal bands that I'm way more interested in and it really has to do with Chon so we can we can listen to Bubble Dream now.
So like I listened to some of this album and then was like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool, like whatever. And then watched their Audio Tree live performance mm-hmm. from like three years ago and was, and I guess just at the time I didn't really think like, oh, these guys sound like they're probably, you know, little 21-year-old kids <laughs> that are way better at guitar than I'll ever be at anything else in my life, mm-hmm. but that's fine. And then I watched this Audio Tree session, I was like, crap, um, <laughs> these guys are amazing and super tight and just really good at what they do, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty into Chon now. I, I've still listened to way more of Newborn Son, which is the EP that this is off of, yep. than I have anything else they've done, but they're just they're super inventive, they're really chill dudes they play smash bros a lot and yeah they're super cool yeah yeah it's i was i was saying while we were listening to that that it's funny listening to that recording because if you happen to listen to chan at all and you're like that sounds like a little bit different that's off of newborn son as opposed to they put that song also on their album grow and it just sounds a little bit different and that's always such a weird thing Mm -hmm. hearing like very slightly different recordings of stuff there's some albums when we talked about limewire forever ago where i would have the full album plus like two of the songs were just the demo versions (laughs) for no good reason yeah so i'd be like wow why do these two songs suck (laughs) and then later now i'll like listen to it on spotify or apple music or whatever and be like oh i kind of like the demo version now even though it's terrible (laughs) like it's just i've gotten so used to it it's, it's funny, yeah. So I had the opposite experience with Chon specifically of I listen to Animals as Leaders. I thought about bringing that one up, but yeah. it's a little too related to, I think, my just regular metal thing. Like, it transitioned to, to it fairly well. But um, but getting into... Uh, but yeah, I was over at my friend Wyatt's house, and he was playing some Animals as Leaders, and I was like, what in the world is going <laughs> yeah. on? This is the best. And I was, uh, I think, still when only their when it was just Toast and Abasi yeah. and it was just the Animals as Leaders uh, you know their kind first of album solo project yeah sort of exactly well, um, slash Misha Mansa right exactly just kind of thrown in there yeah. um, and that was he was in Born of Osiris before that right uh, I'm pretty sure I can't remember I think he was in either that or like yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Toast and Abasi some was from some other metal band it, right exactly and it's like comparatively <laughs> Animals as Leaders is so much better oh, we God, actually yeah. played with Born of Osiris at as uh, Ocean Architecture back in the day, and that was fun. Yeah. Random. Yeah, hmm. but um, yeah, nevertheless, all that stuff. I'll go ahead and this transitions fairly well into <laughs> my um, my f- first one, technically, uh, my first one, like chronologically speaking, this was how I got into metal, which is not exactly how I got into music, but it was in the pretty early stages. Um, how I really actually got into listening to music, I think I mentioned on this before, was Meteora by Linkin Park. I'm not going to use that Solid. today, but that was the first actual album besides just like whatever, you know, Jars of Clay or whatever that my parents were listening to that I, I still like a lot of that stuff and Stephen Curtis Chapman and all that, but that wasn't like my music that I listened to. So Linkin Park was the first band that I re- like really got into hybrid theory and Meteora and whatnot. Um, but yeah, then for a year I was listening to some music, uh, listened to Seether, which was another one that I brought up, uh, fine again, uh, a bunch of weeks back and there, they were the one that my friend James was like, Oh, I found out they've got some screaming in their music, which is funny thinking back to, cause he listened to corn and slipknot. So like he, he cared that I would care about that, but it's just funny. Cause like, you don't care. You listen to corn and slipknot. Like that's totally fine to you. Um, but 
again, that still didn't really get me into metal or whatever. And then I was hanging out with my friend Daniel Bryant, somewhere between seventh and eighth grade. And he played A Message for Adrian by Under Oath off their album, The Changing of Times. And this is not the song that should have gotten me into Screamo. I'm 100% confident of that. (laughs) I'm going to play it. And uh, I like... I have I've tried to get a lot of people into into metal or whatever, and I always go with kind of starting off point of they listen to this, and I'll try to introduce them to something that's that plus a little bit of influences from metal or whatever. If I were playing music for me as a as a seventh grader, this would not have been the song to do that, but somehow it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and so so yeah, here's this. There's like an in, like a thirty second just like sounds intro that kind of stuff and then it leads right into a big guitar part and stuff uh, which is right where we're kicking off so here we go So that's good lord that's old under oath old under oath and mm-hmm. uh some kind of funny stories about that that was right around the time it was a couple of months before define the great line came out which is one of their two most popular it, i think it technically is their po- most popular album although their Between most radio them. friendly is still their only chasing safety which was their one before that which was their one after this one so the changing of times came out in 2002 that's what we just listened to and then dallas taylor their vocalist that was on this album left and uh spencer chamberlain came in there's a bunch of stories about that but whatever and their whole that whole album was very like their goal for it was jimmy world's album clarity meets screaming and metal kinds of stuff and it does that quite well and that would have been a much better album to start me out of fun <laughs> or even just the song when the sun sleeps off this album would have been better or almost any other song off this album would have been like you know fairly made sense <laughs> um so i went and saw them live and i still hadn't listened to them a whole ton uh between that summer and when i saw them live at um uh, gros rock which is a, a big festival in belgium it, which was, I think, I don't want, I want to say like February or March or something of the next year. And Define the Great Line had come out. They're only chasing safety had come out. And mostly, I only really knew um, this song, A Mess of Adrian, and When the Sun Sleeps, Off the Changing of Times. And I just kept waiting for them to play those songs. Yeah. <laughs> and literally, after Dallas Taylor left and Spencer Chamberlain came in, they never play any of their older stuff again. So it was just this funny thing of me seeing they were like, with this one guy who knows all their songs and it's like, oh yeah, that's reinventing your exit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, you know, all these songs and I'm just like, uh, come on, a message for Adrian. Oh yeah. no, come on, a message for Adrian. And which everybody else would be like, get off the stage. Yeah, I'm just like, no, no, no. So yeah, it's just funny. Like, I don't know why I particularly think it's that funny that this song got me into them, but I just well, really feel sh- like, like from going from, I don't like any screaming in any right. song ever to a song that's just <laughs> with <laughs> 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 with 
like, and it's that's not like, literally all the song is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not like interesting guitar parts for most of it. There's yeah, some no. bits that are kind of neat <laughs> here and there, but especially right when it kicks off, there is like okay, that's enough of that now. Way to go under oath. Yeah, so they've they've matured a lot since then. But that was that's what got me started on on metal. So I'm very thankful to that album among other things <laughs> thankful to my mother thankful to my father and most of all thankful to daniel bryant Parker, and not put my wife's cigarette cousin. out <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all of a sudden those bugs funny uh, uh, what's up under rope <laughs> oh goodness, goodness Hey. hey. <laughs> yeah, again, I went pretty broad. Yep. Uh, my, my second one. You are a pretty broad. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. I work really hard on my <laughs> upper body physique. Um, my rocking hot bod, which I don't have, but I will have someday. <laughs> I have the most like mediocre, like crappy hey, bod. No, you're you'll just ever a cool guy. <laughs> Welcome to the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here we are. <laughs> Three normal dudes. <laughs> Three podcasts. Hi, welcome to Mediocre Lane Bot. <laughs> um, oh boy, what was I going to talk about? Yeah, uh, my next one is the OCs. Uh, they're a garage rock band. So when mm. I first, um, I've mentioned this before, but like kind of the the one definitive song that like opened my eyes to what other music could be besides classic rock. Uh, was Ball and Biscuit by the White Stripes, right. and I kind of uh, went on a hunt for even more garage rock in in that year that I discovered that band. Uh, so I kind of just started with more like two piece stuff, like you know the Black Keys and and that that blues like that crunchy blues rock, all DIY type music. And I fell into a rabbit hole. And uh, when I when I got to college and started meeting some of the friends that I ended up staying friends with for a long time, they were all really into the California like surf rock and early 2000s garage rock scene mm-hmm. and so i just kind of started to fall in that line and um the the first band that introduced me to like what even more lo-fi music could be mm-hmm. was the ocs and How's i that spelled t-h-e-e-o-h-s-e-e-s okay. so it's kind the, of a play on the mm-hmm. Uh, and they've, like, they've changed like their band the name Orange several County, times yeah. throughout the years they were at one point they were the ocs and then they were just ocs and i mean that i think they're back to they've put out 19 mm-hmm. studio albums Holy i think um, i mean i guess it's a garage rock band that's when? kind of yeah and they've you know, uh, in what span of time uh the late 90s i'd Good say 98 God. 99 was wow. right around the time that they put and they, there's been a couple different reiterations of the band uh it's john dwyer's band he runs uh castle face records so he uh produces a lot of that type of music but um out he's of curiosity kind of do you feel like the the quality suffers at all from like are all of the songs equally as so no the the band really and and i mean it's it's neat to talk about this because that band along with a lot of the bands that came out of that like california garage rock scene have changed dramatically over the years and they've like each record that they put out seems to get either a like more intricate like they they have albums that aren't really garage rock they're more leaning towards like I guess almost progressive metal, not in the sense of like hardcore, but they get, I mean, they're very fast and very heavy. And then other albums that they put out lean way more towards like folk rock. Um, 
but at their core they remain like a, a, a really really great garage band and and that goes for for all those guys again like ty siegel is another one who started out as a one-man band who used to just play like keyboard guitar and drums all at once like in garages and so he was like literally a garage rock artist and he was just like kind of yelled and screamed into a <laughs> microphone um and and that stuff all started out very lo-fi and i that's more of what i ventured into and as i mean i'm i'm behind on a band like the ocs now i don't know their last four records because i just have like I guess kind of <laughs> since drifted from that. Yeah. But garage rock was a big part of my musical upbringing for a long time. And it still is. I still enjoy that stuff. And every time that the song that I'm going to play comes on like my iPod or whatever, I will turn it up because I've, I'm at that point in my life with a turn band like it that. Up. Turn it, it only up. needs to be a little bit louder. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> <laughs> it's him. How did we get him in the studio today? Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. We, but I, I'm sure you guys have those kinds of bands too, where like you don't listen to it, like you don't follow them anymore. But if you hear one of their songs, you're gonna be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give it, I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the song I'm gonna play, "The Dream," is off the album "Carry On Crawler," and boy, it is just a real headbanger. Like for me, I don't know, I just I really enjoy the song because it was one of the first songs that I heard that that I thought, hmm. You know, I can if they can make music like that and it's getting people pumped up and excited and energized, I can do the same thing. Mm, and that's kind that's cool. of the musical philosophy that I ended up taking. And now you I mean, you might make the argument that that stops one from challenging him or herself, and I do feel like I I reached that point where I got so into this music that was more simplistic and just like you're running the mill. I mean, the guitar from the song, it's it's one note that he's bending. He's just bending a note. And it that, that kind of drives the whole song, and it's just a very driving, just pretty much right there song. There's no intricacies intricacies to it, uh, and I ended up liking that music a lot more than I ever wanted to, especially mm-hmm. coming from classic rock, with, which was filled with guitar solos and crazy drums. Um, but it, it it just it felt good to me knowing that like I can do this. Like it's not it doesn't take much to play like this, and I don't have to be the most talented musician to make good music, and I still feel that way. Um, so even the songs I write today are kind of rooted in that philosophy. They don't sound like this, but they are re- rooted in that philosophy. Yeah. So we'll play a little bit of the dream and, uh, maybe you'll get what I'm talking about. I've seen this band twice, nice. and each time they have completely like just pumped up the crowd. Like I've never been to a more high energy show than when I've seen these That's guys. That's fun. I saw them once in a pretty small venue, and I just ended up getting like right there in the pit. And it's not like a hardcore pit; it's just a pit of people like jumping up and down yeah. and getting real sweaty and just having a grand old time. And then I saw them at a music festival, and they did the same thing. Um, and it was a totally different band. Like the the only consistent member is the lead singer and songwriter John Dwyer, yeah. and he tends to change up the lineup uh, quite a bit. But the second time I saw him, they had two drummers and a bass player and just guitar. So like, and they did a lot of the the old songs and, and a bunch of new ones, but just kind of I don't know. I guess imagine that song, but with two drummers both going ham, and like mm-hmm. one of them is just kind of doing a bunch of crazy like fills and paradiddles yeah. the whole time, while the other one was just keeping that solid beat, you know. 
uh it's very fun it's mm. just it's just fun to me and it's just it's high <laughs> energy and i'm like you know i'm driving in the car and it's one of those ghost songs it's like all right i'm just i'm going <laughs> i feel like i can see that in um uh, what's that movie called um baby driver like something oh, like that yeah just like you know he's got a plan and mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. yeah just driving and yeah. car chase scene sort of thing mm-hmm. it just seems, yeah i could yeah. definitely see that in very somewhat uppity. of an actiony movie yep and again like i i definitely don't seek this kind of stuff out much anymore uh i i think for the most part that like california grungy heavy guitar like garage rock is more or less behind me uh because it it did kind of play itself out in my mm. mind like you can you can only write so much of that before it's it gets just repetitive and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't challenge itself and and the bands don't really challenge themselves. Not to say that this band doesn't because they really do and they're very good, but a lot of that stuff just kind of gets repetitive to the yeah. point where it's not super interesting to listen to anymore. But it you know we're I mean that's the beauty just, I guess yeah. of finding new genres exactly and expanding and stuff because I mean that's the same like there's a lot of just. If I were to just listen to the metalcore stuff that I listened to growing up, there's a lot of that that's gotten really stagnant. And so you kind of have to go in different directions to find, you know, stuff that has still some of those influences, but also Mm -hmm. is expanding because there's plenty of stuff that's just just really boring (laughs) at this point. And I think it's 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 another thing to be like, I don't know. I, I know for me. I do listen to a lot of different stuff, and my tastes are very fri- varied, I guess. Uh, but Vari- I do, varietitious. Vari- varietitious as, Would you say your your you tastes are say. eclectic? Yes. <laughs> That's the name of the show. Uh, and I'm very <laughs> joyous about it. Uh, but I do think that they all kind of stem from the same idea. Yeah. Um, I, like, I like simpler stuff that doesn't... I don't know. I, I do love challenging stuff. I love post-rock. I love instrumental stuff. And I don't know, but I, I guess just at my core, there's something about listening to music that I know I can never, ever play that, you know, is it, isn't, it doesn't have a groove. It's just something that's like technical for technical sake that I don't typically enjoy. Like, I'm not going to have a playlist with that stuff on it. Now, I do like those songs on an individual basis, but... Yeah, I guess you know all the stuff I listen to is kind of rooted in something very similar. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, neat. No, I, I think there's a there's a level where like I understand what you're saying and because I like I don't have anything against simple music because if it sounds cool, like it sounds cool. It doesn't have to be super complicated to be cool. Uh, most of the time, the bands that I like that are complicated, it's because it sounds cool mm-hmm. and it also happens to be complicated. Right. And right. I can appreciate like mm-hmm. virtuosity, but I mean, it took, like I said, it took me a long time to get into prog rock and prog metal, anyways. And there's still like, there's another layer of like shred guitar players, yep. like Paul Gilbert and Yingli yeah. Maelstrom, and and like all these people that are super incredible musicians. But I hate everything that they <laughs> they like put out because it's all like cheesy kind of or I'm it's just about. it's not interesting right. or it's not cool. It's just them shredding for right. Five and it's and it's like, always I it's don't a, care about that. Yeah, it's not about the music for the most. I mean, sure, there's some cool musical stuff in there, but the majority of it is about wanting to be impressed rather yeah. than wanting mm-hmm. to just enjoy music and i can and watch there's, some there's of a that fine line there and it's tricky but yeah that's yeah. that's the thing but anyway speaking of post-rock that's my last one Woo. um so growing up like playing guitar and playing guitar in 
with a lot of like delay and reverb and like I, I didn't really have a specific influence when I started getting into that stuff. I guess like if I had to pin down one, it was probably Angels and Airwaves that got me really into like <laughs> delay and reverb and like, heavily yeah. affected guitars. Yeah, I know. Um, it's not really who I would have thought about, and <laughs> but. I, I just remember like kind of having like a delay setting on the amp that I had growing up and it's like oh that's kind of a cool sound and then like my first real guitar pedal was a Line 6 DL4 which was kind of neat like had a ton of different delay sounds and all this stuff and I got to where I could make all these like whale sounds mm-hmm. and like really atmospheric stuff and I could do looping so that was super cool and and all this stuff and so that kind of like led me into playing a lot of instrumental music growing up and through high high school and just kind of like changed a lot of the way that I was approaching music in general. But for a long time, anytime somebody would ask me like, or I'd start talking about guitar or talking about guitar with somebody, then it'd be like, well, what kind of music do you play? Oh, well, you know, I do like a lot of delay stuff and a lot of instrumental stuff. Oh, like explosions in the sky. Uh, yeah. And and after a while it became like, yeah, like explosions in the sky. Like I did not listen to explosions, but it was like the reference of that's probably what you play because you play with delay reverb and you play at any point. Did you (laughs) not know that was a band? Like when you first started saying, I thought you were going to say, yeah, like sure. It sounds like explosions in the sky. And like, yeah, like maybe I guess. No, Uh, I I don't remember that ever happening just because I did have friends that very much did listen to explosions. So I don't think I ever like heard that statement applied to me without knowing who they were to begin with, which makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean like it it is, it just would have been funny. Um, but I, no, I, I really didn't get into them until probably like more midway through high school. Um, with, with, uh, the earth is not a cold dead place, which is not their first album. It's their third, I think third or fourth. Uh, I don't know. It's an amount uh, in there, Mm -hmm. but, uh, specific, I mean, they, they really rose to fame with, uh, the whole Friday night lights thing because they are from Texas and Texas is like football (laughs) (laughs) and, and, uh, (laughs) And their music lends itself to being very like inspirational. Sorry, people and, who like, listen in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> you have more I to mean, offer hey, than football. Like, I just call it how it is. Like, let's, yeah. let's do this. No, and, but, but Friday Light, Friday Night Lights was a show. Like, I know tons of people who don't care anything about football and still like Friday Night Lights. Yep. Like, it, it's just a very inspirational and kind of feel good show. Mm-hmm. And Explosions of Sky did most of the soundtrack and were featured very prominently in that show. And so. A lot of people that I know now, like talking to, will be like, have you heard of this band? Like, this happened to me, no joke, like a week and a half ago at church. I had just gotten done, like service had ended and I was going to talk to this guy that's in our our community group. And he was like, hey, so, you know, something you were playing today really made me think. And I just wanted to ask, like, have you ever heard of Explosions in the Sky? And I was, I I, like chuckled a little bit because I just couldn't stop. I was like, yeah, no, they're they're a huge influence on my style now. Uh, But that is to say their song, Your Hand and Mine, was really like the first what I would call post-rock song that I ever actually listened to. And to say that it changed a lot of the way that I play guitar playing and the way that I approach music now is kind of an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> like I mm. cannot state enough how much this song and this album as a whole really made an impact on me. So we can go ahead and listen to it and I'll have a little more to say.
That's kind of from like the first big crescendo of that song. Yeah, but I wanted to ask, um, how much of your your style, like in in that kind of post rock sound, like with the delay and reverb, how much of that do you think is influenced by your background of playing in church? Oh, oh, well, so that mm. that's kind of a chicken egg situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you really want to be honest about it, yeah. because you have to start thinking about, well, did the church scene get influenced by explosions in the sky, or did explosions in the sky get influenced? And I. I would probably assert that Explosions in the Sky was just kind of doing their thing. Yeah, sure. That they just found something that they liked, and that sort of happened. Well, because really, it like, goes back to like the whole Hill. I, I think Hillsong is probably the 100%. first big band that was yeah. doing like the yep. the building and crescendo. And yeah. I, th- I would assert as well that they got that from Explosions in yeah. the Sky and post rock yeah. and well, stuff and like that. Well, and even if if you just look at the way that that genre developed, it was yeah. it was like kind of like the early mid two thousands when Hillsong was starting to take off with that style. Explosions have been doing their thing since kind of the late nineties. Yeah, and, and even so, then, Hillsongs or I feel like Hillsong their stuff didn't start really going into like seven minute songs and all that until like 2011 or so Mm -hmm. at which point you know Friday Night Lights and all that had already happened so it popularized it as well and it was very obvious that like this is very inspirational and so it's moving and stuff Um, and I feel like especially within the like uh, church guitarists is an interesting thing yeah. just because we it may is have its talked own about subculture. This. <laughs> yeah. And there's like pedals are such a big deal in it largely because, and this was, it was the um, a dude from lowercase noises that was talking oh, about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cause he's a really big pedal guy, but does very interesting things with it where mm. like he'll make guitarists sound not at all like guitarists yeah. for like good reasons. Um, <laughs> whereas then also a lot of church guys will follow his stuff and which is, I mean, totally fine, but it's because the music itself within worship context and church context is never going to be that complicated because it has yeah. to be followed by a congregation mm-hmm. to where guitarists can't spend a lot of their time improving within the guitar playing sphere because you don't want to get too busy or too crazy or do mm-hmm. anything too show offy or whatever. So instead, they put a lot of their effort into equipment and pedals and that kind of stuff. So I think that's where a lot of it kind of stemmed to is like helping make it really big mm-hmm. by using all of these effects pedals and stuff like that well and um, too like interesting even on top of that like there's there's an element to kind of the nature of what worship albums were meant to be and you know however you feel about worship music as a whole kind of the way that i've always understood it is this like we're putting out a worship album and especially when you get to the point of being like hillsong or jesus culture or even elevation bethel now or bethel and all of that kind of stuff like you're putting out albums and these are these songs that like congregations across the world are going to start learning mm-hmm. and playing and you know like kind of take making their own but also like trying to play what's on the record and so there's there's a element of you want to write something that's not so complicated that nobody can play it mm-hmm. um but it still sounds kind of cool and to be fair, I think a lot of guitarists get into get really into pedals. I'm going to be mean for a second. A lot of guitarists get really into pedals because they're not super good and they use that as a crutch to make mm-hmm. things that sound interesting. And I say that the like I am a pedal guy. <laughs> like I I get it. I am a pedal guy. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, pedals. Pedals are great. Pedals are great. They can be really fun. I also have spent a lot of time like learning as much as I could about playing guitar because I didn't want to fall into that trap yeah. of like, oh, well, I've got this pedal that can do this, so why would I learn how to do that? Um, I would say for me personally uh, in this whole conversation, 
and what I always tell people whenever this conversation, because I, I talk to guys who play guitar at our church a lot, and most of them do not play the same style that I do. And so sometimes things get a little hairy <laughs> when somebody else has the presupposition that they should be playing the way that I play, which uh, is not good. Wait, I don't like that. It's, be- because I play, yeah. I, when I play at church, I, I play kind yeah. of the typical like worship guitar, right. lots of delay and reverb and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, and the reason I always give them is I got really lucky when <laughs> I, I did because i i you like, already liked having enjoy, to work out yeah i know i liked <laughs> post-rock and yeah. i liked you know the big swelly stuff and i liked delay and i loved reverb and and like mm-hmm. making you know complicated parts that are not crazy or too out yeah. in front and then like the worship thing kind of took off and it was like oh crap great this is just the style that i'm already playing yeah but for this this you know like thing that I'm I'm also playing for, and so I I lucked out. I didn't really have to change that much about the way that I play. I learned like some tweaks about you know setting and and what you know mm-hmm. what's appropriate in different timings and stuff like yeah. that. But um, for people who like only grew up playing blues guitar or only grew up playing mm. you know R and B or something like sometimes other people in the worship band don't really understand that like it's not going to sound like it does when i play because i play i just happen to play the style that's yeah. on the record this doesn't have to sound like that and, right and you do kind of have to be a little more creative what you do around that but mm-hmm. similarly anyway. if you try to play blue stuff if i try to play blue stuff i don't know about maybe you're oh, good man. at blue stuff no i'm not at all awful oh, like i am so bad at which blues is music. interesting it's funny because i feel like we might again i never know what stuff we've talked about or not on here mm-hmm. but like as a guitarist i feel like a huge outlier the fact that i did not grow up on yep. blues yep. i don't mm-hmm. care about blues that much and so anytime i'm around like the other guys in the foster party that that you a band I play with sure. um, in uh, with my father-in-law. The other guitarists in there are very much blues-based, mm-hmm. and you know whatever that's like just where their specialty is. So they'll like do these little blues licks or whatever. And in some ways, I'll feel kind of subpar where it's like, oh, I'm not really doing that. But then I'll go over and do like <laughs> Andy McKee kind of stuff. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, OK, never mind. This is just like what I'm more used to and is not very conducive That's for really all of this That's context. interesting but, because, I mean, 95 percent of the guitarists that I've met all started in blues yep. because when you take lessons that's the first thing you learn never is your took blues lessons scales. so that's part of it scales. Yeah, right right i mean i took a few i took lessons yeah. for maybe two months and uh-huh. then i quit but i i still remember the only things i learned were whatever song that i wanted to bring forward that week to learn mm-hmm. i think i brought like time of your life by green day <laughs> <laughs> and like two songs yeah. um <laughs> I do know that song. Uh, No, I had kind of a similar experience with with lessons. And I think there's there is a validity to like because I mean, even when I taught lessons, I did the same thing Mm. when you you know, you you teach the main like chords that you need to teach kids so that they have like you kind of weed out kids with like <laughs> yeah. I mean just being totally honest yeah, they're not going to put in the, the time and effort to learn how to play a ding dang G chord they're not going to do anything else on, <laughs> yeah. on guitar just being totally honest I mean the true one is the F chord if they can't well, play the F chord well 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 to be fair I know people who I know people who've been playing guitar for years and yeah. still can't adequately bar an really F chord sorry wait I, wait F yeah. like barring an F chord not F. just like the open F yeah, chord yeah but what's an F chord well I don't know what's an F chord with you ah <laughs> I didn't know where you were going there. So I, I, didn't either. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that either. Um, That's literally 107% of my joke. Yeah, Sorry. Like, like, uh, I started the sentence uh, and no, I didn't know I where to end something it. up. And I'm like, oh, garbage. Uh, I have no idea where I'm going. But, but no, I, yeah. I, I mean, I would do the same thing. Like once you got past the, the just like basic open chords yep. part of teaching somebody how to play guitar, it's like, 
okay, so now we're gonna t I'm gonna teach you the scale, and the easiest scale in the world on guitar is just like a minor pentatonic scale. Yep. That is 100% of like every blues song that's ever come out. Slash is still only playing a pentatonic <laughs> scale, and to the confounding of every guitar player alive, <laughs> except for some folks who still really like Slash. Anyways, um, sounds like you might be one of them. <laughs> and but well, anyway, well, I mean, it just. Cast. It, it, it is such an easy style to... Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say it. it's an easy style to play because it, it is so just rooted in feeling and emotion and, mm -hmm. like, the the notes just aren't complicated. Like, you can just play a bunch of notes around a minor pentatonic, and even if you mess up, it's fine. It still sounds like the blues, and that's fine. It's It can sound very good and very conducive, Where, I, but I just don't care about the style. Yeah. And so, very similarly, you know, like, learned the minor pentatonic scale or whatever, I can do some blues licks because they're, like, stuff that I've learned. I don't care about blues music. So I, I too, am yeah. very deficient. Like, I know three blues licks and then no more. <laughs> and so there were guys that I would play at other churches with or something that could just, like, lay down these crazy blues solos, and it's like, I can't do that, yeah. but I can do this, and then I'd like do a tapping thing, uh -huh. and they'd be like, "Well, nope, can't do that." <laughs> uh, and and so it's just like there's a trade off yeah. there. Oh, for sure. So I, I don't know. It, I always think that's fun with uh, just how there's within one instrument. There's so many different directions you can go in and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, one different direction you can go in uh, besides that for my last one, for example, is bluegrass, which is also something bluegrass. that is uh, quite interesting and fantastic <laughs> so the first thing this is my last example and i think just the last one of the room mm -hmm. for the night mm -hmm. um i i the first thing really that made me realize like oh bluegrass is cool was watching oh brother where art thou mm -hmm. um but then still that didn't really lead into anything it was just me seeing the movie and being like that was cool i liked <laughs> some of the things they did there uh, and then that kind of just ended uh, I put a Good bunch story. of music. Yeah, thanks. I, I put a bunch of music of my cut. sisters on my um, on my iPod or whatever back in I don't know 2008 or 2007 or something. And I was on a school bus to school, as one is <laughs> wants to do. What? Yeah. And I had it on shuffle, and it came across a song that I was enamored with immediately. It woke. Um, it it was, woke something in you. It, it did. It woke up something in my heart and my soul. Uh, it was Somebody More Like You by Nickel Creek, nice. which arguably is their most, I would probably say their most, uh, not poppy song, but just sounds the least bluegrass or whatever of all their stuff. It's more just like, I don't know. It's I'm going to go ahead and just play the chorus of the song, although there's a bit of a caveat to that, but I'll mention that afterwards. But I'll go ahead and play the chorus. If you haven't heard it before, here it goes. Also, of lyrics and whatnot, I love that line. I hope you meet someone your height so you can see eye to eye with someone as small as you. <laughs> Which I'm hoping the person was Very short clever. in the first place that mm -hmm. the song was written about. But also that it's like that double entendre jab, yeah. like right. that you're a small person and whatnot. Um, so this song, like... Again, it's, you know, using bluegrass instruments and stuff, but the production is very not bluegrass. Right. It's kind of new grass or whatever. Um, yeah. and it's on their album, Why Should the Fire Die, which was their last one for a while um, before.
before they kind of broke up, went on hiatus, and then had another one come out more recently in 2014, which is a while ago still now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I this, the way my sister had gotten this album was that uh, John Hayden, a friend of mine and hers, uh, had a crush on her, and he gave her this album. And so, and I don't know how much she'd actually listened to it at the time. But I put it on my iPod, and I was like, oh, this is great. So I listened to the rest of it, and I really, really like it. And so this is a band that my wife and I also uh, bonded, or, yeah, kind of bonded over. But in any case, both listen to now, but it's our discography expertise is complete opposite from each other. Like, she knows their first two albums pretty well. I know this album and their newer album better comparatively uh but yeah it was just this is the first thing that got me into that and then since then have gotten into you know goat rodeo sessions and um punch brothers the other christy Lee i mean products. honestly yeah it's still like i don't i don't spend my time in traditional bluegrass that much even though i appreciate it but more in a live setting like i the recordings most often are kind of back to that dry thing that i yeah. just don't it's they're not produced particularly well well i feel like it they almost have like a similar mindset as a lot of like jazz or classical musicians mm-hmm. where they're like we want this to be the super dry experience. and very authentic we don't want it to sound we don't yep. want to use like any studio effects i want it to sound exactly like it does in the room except when you, you know, record it that way it doesn't really sound like it does in the room exactly mm-hmm. yeah so and like if you played them through a speaker while you were sitting in a room probably yeah probably i listen Hopefully. in headphones almost exclusively <laughs> so like yeah. Uh, it doesn't really it doesn't really work out, but uh, but yeah. So that's Nickel Creek. Uh, most of their stuff isn't quite that. I guess poppy is maybe a good way to say it. But that song also, I said that was the chorus. It's a weird. If we ever talk about song structures, which I'd like to talk about sometime, uh, the song is like A A B C A, which is like then huh. C is the chorus. And then, or B is the chorus or whatever, and they just never come back to it. Like that part we just listened to, that's the only time it ever does that big chorus section. Um, And I really appreciate that for some reason. I don't know why. I feel like maybe lyrically, they just didn't feel like they had to go back to that. They were like, made my point. Move along. (laughs) So interesting. Had a lot to say and only wanted to do it in three and a half minutes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, but that's about it. Those are some songs that got us into some genres besides Linkin Park and Seether and (laughs) and uh, some other bands that we didn't talk about today. But what uh, what songs got you into what genres? Go ahead and email us at joyseclectic at gmail dot com or find us on uh, you know Twitter and Instagram and stuff at at joyseclectic and tell us what you think because we we legitimately would like to know. It's I'm desperate for your attention. <laughs> Senpai notice me. Yeah, I. But it's it's just interesting to find that kind of stuff out because you know we don't know that about other people besides the three of us who are talking right now. So uh, there's that. Otherwise, tell all your friends about the podcast. Uh, listen, rate, and review anywhere you can. You're already listening, apparently. So I could have just said rate and review. Subscribe. That's mm-hmm. the other one. Yeah. Continue to listen to other ones. Indeed. Yeah. Or don't listen. Just rate you and know, review. You do. That's. I mean, that's fine too. Just but then eat the like podcast. the rest of America. <laughs> eat the podcast Don't going hard it. at the hardies <laughs> eat it <laughs> eat it alright um, with my burgers well I don't know if we know yet what we're talking about next week do we know what we're talking about next week Matt uh yeah oh cool definitely that's cool we're not gonna Duh. tell you though probably <laughs> am I right yeah totally. yeah that's right we're not gonna tell you until you find out next week bright mm-hmm. and early heck off on Wednesday at midnight central time Whoa. when the podcast goes yep, up so you, you better, better be awake better yeah it's and only gonna be up for three minutes and then it's going bye bye forever you are actually gonna live cast it on Instagram mm-hmm. like live videos you're just, just for three minutes shout though. it at your camera like 42 <laughs> times for that three minutes yep nice that's the one uh, that's cool. it so. Um, yeah, I'm gonna close this out with a joke. 
Okay. Is it from your dad joke calendar? It is from my dad joke calendar. Oh, and good. Um, why? Uh, why was man so so ecstatic at the invention of the shovel? Mm. I mean, it was new, it was exciting, but mostly it was groundbreaking. <sighs> I'm probably gonna cut that out. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody.